Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in New Jersey. Still, I think I'm on the last legs of this this thing before I have oh, to go think? someplace. Well, I'm going to have to go someplace, but we'll get into that. Joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's up, John? COVID free over here, baby. We are COVID free. There's no virus here. Not a, not a case in twenty some odd days. There's, there's some, zero. Is a number. Somebody posted a uh, a picture of a full bar in New Zealand. Oh. I'm like. Ugh. Well, you can go out and do whatever you want to right now, except for most likely travel overseas. But otherwise, it's like <sighs> traffic again. Again, the sad thing is I think we've learned nothing from this lockdown. Like all of the like working from home is great. And, you know, we need to really, you know, this I'm going to use this lockdown as an opportunity. Please. <laughs> all that is over. There was more traffic on Thursday when they lifted pretty much all the restrictions that I've probably seen in a couple of months. And I didn't even have to drive to work. I drove to the gym and drove back and there was so much traffic. So yeah, we didn't learn anything. More people are going back to work. It's going to go back to normal here. So yeah, there's more there's more traffic on the road here as well, and we're not even. I think we're just in phase one, maybe entering phase two in Jersey, and that I don't even know what that means, but I can tell you, tons of cars on the road today. I just needed to go. I needed needed. Let's let's put that essential right. I went to the. I needed to go to the grocery store to get some pancake ingredients. All right, I'm making some mochi pancakes tomorrow, so I needed to get sweet rice flour. Okay, that's really the only thing that makes them mochi. I don't think there's any other component of this that's very different than a normal pancake. But no, we'll give it a shot. You know, this is, this is a time for experimentation. So that's that's what I'm doing, experimenting with pancakes. So got that. Tons of traffic on the road. I've done grocery grocery shop runs at least uh, like every other week or so since this thing started at the beginning it was awesome driving around was great even going back to my to my apartment to visit uh just to check in on things was amazing no traffic on the road May- driving was a pleasure now jerks are back out there it's jersey traffic jersey We're roads it's a bunch of bullshit. We're going to learn nothing. So, it's very sad because quite frankly I would be happy never going into an office again to work. I've hit that point of remote working where I'm like, this works for me. I don't have to go into an office. I don't miss the socialization. I don't miss any of that. I I feel like I get more work done sitting at home than I've ever done having to drive to an office, have to sit in a bunch of meetings that normally can last 10 minutes over a Teams or Zoom call. And yeah, I don't feel the need to go back, but we're going to go back and everyone's going to forget that this ever happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And I think people are already trying to forget it's happening because like I... (laughs) I'm I'm becoming cynical. I'm becoming cynical in the way that people are just going to be like, whatever. And and it's wearing, the reason it's wearing on me is because I was, every, every, cases are rising here in the States, in certain States they're rising. More people are going out, uh, the, without even caring, the, uh, the way the protests are going on, that obviously is being done for for a reason, right? But that's going to spike up cases. And people are pointing to that being like, well, everybody's outside again, so there's a reason to just go and do whatever we want again. And people in other states like screw it, we got to open our economies because we're our economy's getting crushed. So we need to just get out and do it. Um covid be damned. And it's really it's really killing it's killing me and my and my thought process because I'm like, well, am I just supposed to not is is and I wonder how many people are in the state of mind that I am, which is like, all right, 
if everybody else is going to be going out and the constant perpetual cycle is just going to be rising cases and no one's ever going to take this thing seriously so that we can get into a place where you guys are in and other and other countries can be getting into as well it's like is is the plan then just to be in lockdown for until the vaccine and like a year from now that's fucked up like, yeah how is how is like, that the solution that is not a solution so I think- therefore it's just like all right well guess we're just gonna ride this thing into the ground we'll have a we'll have a crazy high death count the hospitals will get overrun we'll we'll go through all the processes that the the worst thing that was feared for by the uh by fauci and these other guys is going to happen and and then it ends because we've basically killed everybody who couldn't handle it and uh, everybody else just got the sniffles or was asymptomatic and then it's over uh, on the other hand, it might not go that way at all, and it might just pass like a flu does, and that, that's a possibility as well, though it seeming seems unlikely. I think all uh, you've done is delay herd immunity. That's it in the U.S. Like, I think if you actually wanted to stop this, you would have had to do what we did here. And, and look, understandably, New Zealand only has 5 million people. It's a smaller country. It's an island, right? So you also have to worry about people traveling between states. So let's say you're in the state of Florida, which is a bad example, but just location-wise, right? And you decide to lock down your state. You're still connected to Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia. And it's a landlocked border, so it's hard to stop people from coming in. So, like, again, I just think you're going to have to deal with herd immunity, sadly, um, because the cases are going to spike up and people are just not going to go to the doctors. They're not going to get tested. They're just going to say, well, I'm assuming I have it. So, yeah, maybe I won't go to work for the next week and I'll just say that I have it. Or I might not even do that if I don't have symptoms. I might just not tell anybody. So there's probably people walking around right now who probably have it and aren't going to get tested for it. And that's just where you guys are. And it's sad because there's a lot of people, specifically older people. I mean, our parents and loved ones, like, again, like you can't go, you know, people are just like, well, we're just done with it. And it's like, well, you don't get to decide when you're done with the pandemic. That's not like a yeah. choice of like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, we're just done with it. We did the quarantine thing and we're, I'm over it. We need to go. We're going to go do something else. It's like, that's not how this works. Uh, but yeah, look, man, it's it sucks because I think the U.S. is going to end up preventing the rest of us from getting back to normal. Because right now, if everyone sort of did what New Zealand did and just completely shut down everything, it it just shows. Like it shows there's no cases here. Yeah, like and three it's like weeks it's over. So three weeks, don't do shit. You're done. Right. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. And again, people were complaining here. They were extra. They were overly cautious, right? But still, even if you weren't, like again, it was probably the lockdown for the first month. We saw cases go up to about a hundred a day, and then. They basically collapsed, and that was it, and we're done. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's depressing. We don't we don't have a solution. The solution is just like la 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 la. la. I'm not listening. La 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 la. There's nothing. Everything's fine. And yep. you know, you get out there. If you get sick, you get sick. If you die, you die. And uh, if you don't, wonderful. And the problem you're is, if you're, you're you, in the you ninety nine point five, what is it? Ninety nine point five. What's the mortality rate of this thing? It's it's less than one percent still. Yeah, but again, that's still you still have a hundred thousand people dead in the U.S. That's a crazy number. That's really insane. There were twenty-one people here who died, and most of them were over the age of seventy-five or eighty, and they were in sort of hospice care or, you know, in retirement homes. So it's sort of like, yeah, like I don't, I don't see exactly what the U.S. is planning to do if this spikes up again because people aren't going back into lockdown. You have one chance to do that. And the minute you start to remove restrictions, you'll never get it back. 
And that's where you guys are headed. So sadly, I hope that things are okay, but I don't, you know, I don't see the U.S. being back to normal until this time next year when there's some type of vaccine or something that allows for you just to, you know, not die from this thing. I think if if death isn't isn't imminent for some people who are immunocompromised, then I think most people would say, well, it's you know, if I get it, so what? Yeah. Yeah. And like when I, I'm looking forward to the point where I could go out and not have to wear a face mask in a grocery store. Like, yeah, again, that's something. But, but at this rate, for. it's going to be never because because these because it's just these clowns that and you just see that i mean it, it, if you look at things practically right the odds of getting it are a lot lower than not getting it like statistically speaking uh, and i think there's like this overall panic and i think that if you look at the numbers what is it, like two million people in the states have had it Yes, right? over three million, right? So, yeah, so that's that's like less than one percent of the country has been infected. But 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 remember though, that's with lockdown procedures in place. I understand that. I and, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, because that number seems significantly lower than you know what what should be expected, it it kind of causes this false mentality of yeah, it's really not that bad. What's but it's also the people? worst because they'll put up that chart of oh a hundred thousand people. Well, how many has the flu killed every year? About that much in the span of a year. Yeah, in the span look, of a year, man, not in the span of two months. I I think your people in the states are going to regret this, but at this point, you can't undo it. So it is what it is. Yeah. Sadly, like you can't undo it. Yeah, like, and, uh, and that's I, yeah, I, I don't think you could go back into. No. into lockdown you're not going to get no to you're it. done people aren't going to do it just like here in new zealand people aren't going to if all of a sudden someone comes in here and we start having more cases people are not going to go back to this level what we call level four lockdown which is basically everything's closed where some people thrived in it other people were like i'm not doing that again i did that once and i'm not going to do it again you can't force me to go back into into being locked inside my house for a month yeah well so yeah anyway in uh in pancake news i uh i had the closest to a miss yet in the pancakes i made last week i tried to make a uh, a lemon ricotta pancake like i had at bills in uh in japan i don't Didn't remember did i well. eat one of these i don't know it was the we went to one in uh fukuoka and we, oh, went we did to, go to that we went to one where you had like, we went to we another wait right and then we went to yeah, the went to another yeah, in, uh, in <laughs> Ginza. Yeah, yeah, that was the one in Ginza. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same place. Uh, they had the with the honeycomb butter. I didn't make the honeycomb butter. Yeah, like when we were in Fukuoka, it was full of Koreans, and when we were in Ginza, it was full of white people. It was good shit. All right, <laughs> it was delicious. And uh, look, man, we we're on the same page when it comes to the pancakes. It's when it comes to uh, the breakfast in Japan, where like the move. Is. So <laughs> Western breakfast bad. is the is the move, and even so, they know it. So uh, we're not yeah, saying anything sure. blasphemous. Even the Japanese people are like, yeah, we love pancakes. <laughs> Our breakfast is basically cold, but it's dinner, but cold. <laughs> so it's, a, yeah, it's not, not ideal. I don't yeah. want a salty fish. That's why I don't, yeah, if, exactly. I did, if I did, I did, yeah. if I did, I'd eat lox and I hate that shit. I'm just not really? on board with it. I love lox. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not on board. I'm not on board with it. Really? Lox on a nice bagel with some cream cheese. Yeah. And, um, I like uh, I like a strawberry cream cheese, you know, because I'm a, oh, a classy, God. You, a classy yeah, you lady. Yeah, you just you just have a sugar tooth. That's fine. You just have a sweet tooth. You you, you yeah. just don't like the salty. You like the, or the savory. You're just a sweet fan, which is fine. 
everybody in my family, I want to get your opinion on this. Everybody in my family eats eats a bagel with the inside. They take out the inside of the bagel. Oh, like like the, like the meat of the bagel. Yeah, yeah. Like the dough. <laughs> like the thing that makes wait, the bagel. Oh, wait, bagel. they take it out and do what with it? To nothing. They throw it away. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? So what do they do? Yeah. So they like hole out. That's like cutting out the inside of the bread <laughs> and then eating the crust. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah, that's what they do. And uh, not only that, but I was told um, that there's a bagel store they go to here that will actually do it for you. Could you imagine going to somebody who makes the bagels and be like, yeah, give me that, but take out the inside, but gut it. <laughs> like, can you can you think of an analogy of that one? <laughs> no, uh, like, do you put cream cheese in it then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'll put cream cheese in it, but not, so but again, they'll be like, toe, but not a lot. They... But they don't, it's not like they fill it with cream cheese. They don't, they just want less bread, I guess. So it's basically just like a flat. So what's the whole, the whole point of the bagel is like the way that it rises, right? That's the, otherwise you're just cooking flatbread. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Wow. That'd be like the shape. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre to me. I never understood it. Yeah. That's really Especially odd. It's like the doughy part on the inside is. You know, I, I'm a fan. I like it. I'm I'm gonna say actually that eating the inside of I I would make it would make more sense to eat only the inside of the bagel and leave the outside than it would to do the opposite. Because I like can see crunch? you just liking the dough, but not liking sort of the crunch. I can see it like a kid wanting to eat just the dough, the soft dough part in the middle. Hmm. Yeah, my favorite part of the bagel, it's like uh, is where the is where two bagels have touched, and it's got like kind of that flaky outside. So you kind of get somewhere between a crust and the inside. That's uh, that's the best part. That's the best bite. Uh, I I'll tell you what. One of the things that, I'm and, that the most, and the inner ring, that and the inner ring. One of the things I miss the most about living in New York City is bagels, because I've never gotten a bagel anywhere, and I mean anywhere on this earth, like the bagels I've had in New York. I just don't think it's whether it's the water or whatever it is. Like it's just not. Yeah. When we went back to New York two years ago, I pretty much had a bagel every day <laughs> because it's it's my that. my friend. who uh, is from buffalo but lives in minneapolis she uh she'll basically take whenever she comes visit she'll grab uh, a whole bunch of bagels and take them back (laughs) because that it's just not the same yeah and you know what montreal style bagels stop it like stop it just stop montreal style bagels i you know of the times i've been to montreal i'm not a big bagel person just, just stop. They're, they're not. I, no, it's stop. fine. I like the big thing every every time. The big thing that people would get: bacon, egg, and cheese on a bagel. That's a that's a New York thing. Yep, I guess. And yes, doesn't doesn't really do much for me. Yeah, doesn't again, you're just you're, you're you want pancakes for breakfast. It's fine. That's, I've, I've that's come right. to live with this. That's just who you are. <laughs> I think it, I think it makes you a monster. But you know, there's you're not alone. You're not alone. So yeah. Well, why why the reason I was saying I have to uh, I'm gonna have to eventually go someplace i will do a recording that is not from jersey soon because britney's wedding is in less than a month and i gotta be there is if it's on i gotta be there so because i i am in that wedding yep so, so yeah that is in north carolina in the outer banks limited to 50 people and it's why is it limited to 50 is that personal choice or covid yeah yeah yeah. i think that's fair enough i think it's a covid thing oh okay yeah i thought it was maybe a personal because yeah maybe people like i don't know i think there was supposed to be much more like a bunch of the family is not going to be there um yeah i mean 
this guy's got like 12 groomsmen. So that alone, that's half the, nice. <laughs> that's, half the that's, that's too many groomsmen. It's too many people. That's, that's a lot of people in a line to stand behind him. But you know, look, Brittany has everyone... three, three brides, people, brides, people. But I guess like, I might as well just say I'm a bridesmaid. I'm a bridesmaid. Right. So yeah, three bridesmaids. I'm what do you call a male bridesmaid? Bridesman. Is it? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm asking. I don't know. So that I sounds about so. right. Bridesman sounds right. Brides, bro. Brides. No, I refuse. <laughs> Not gonna, not gonna go by that. And, and Brittany didn't get to have a uh, a, a bachelorette. No, we were Party. we were supposed to go in April or May. May. Oh uh, yeah, that would have been right in right in the heat of uh of the Rona. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, would have been right there. So, um, yeah, I. That's why. Um, yeah, I, sorry, I was just distracted by something. Uh, some, <laughs> someone just walked into this room, and I don't know why. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, it was supposed to be right there. So that was supposed to be in May. We we're supposed to go to Nashville. That didn't happen, obviously. I, you didn't have a, bunch a virtual. Of trips that I was supposed to go on. You're not going to have a virtual party. You haven't leaned into the uh, to the quirkiness oh. of Zoom meeting. I don't even know what that would be. Zoom, Zoom <laughs> meetings annoy the hell out of me. I've I've done a few Zoom meetings with my uh, dad's side of the family, and uh, and I've overheard Zoom meetings with all the uh, the grandchildren, the great grandchildren. I'll call it. It's uh, you know my my niece, my cousin's kids, and all that stuff. Wait, and, these, uh, these these kids who who speak limited English just because they're kids, uh, yeah. are having calls with each other. Yeah. Oh, no, adorable. it's like we'll, we'll, we're all on. They'll do like these family these family zoom meetings and it's just, it's just chaos. It's just chaos. It's too many people, too many people on a, on a single, on a single call with bad latency. I mean, you might hear it in this podcast when two people are speaking over each other, there's like a weird cutoff thing happening. Uh, But on zoom, it's just worse because you have, you could have 20 people talking. Like I'll see screenshots of people with like 20 people at a zoom meeting. I'm like, what? This is this is insane. There's nothing there's nothing good about this well, <laughs> other so than the, inst- think, the the Instagram post and then it's over. I think people who aren't like in the workforce that's using these calls all the time, they don't realize that you should mute your mic when you're not talking. I've realized that where people will just leave their mic on so you hear like all of the craziness in the background and it's like can you just mute your mic? You're not saying anything. You're just listening. And so like now especially at my office there is definitely a culture where everyone just has their mic muted 99% of the time if you're not saying anything obviously. But for the families, it's like, well, we're just going to let all of the craziness behind us go and we're going to have side conversations. And then it's like, can you mute your mic? Because we can't hear anybody of what they're saying. So, right. yeah. That's it. <laughs> all oh, right. I thought, I thought cool. you were still going. I no, thought I, I might have kicked out my mic. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we can move on to uh, some stuff. Sorry. That thing just like really tripped me off. Um, Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you what it was because it's so ridiculous. My mom came in. She knows I'm recording. And she came in to say, I wanted to take a picture of your hair. <laughs> oh, mothers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I laugh because my mom would do the same thing. Um, I'm not cutting my hair before tomorrow Neither morning. <laughs> so- <laughs> like you, you can see this in the morning. This is an absurd, absurd thing. <laughs> to do oh quality content ruined show's over it's done it's done it's gonna end the show right now no all right so let's let's get into this so 
I, I, this news is tough. I don't really have much news. I don't have any news stories. Because yeah, the news is very uh, similar. It's, it's not a lot of new stuff happening. It's just different people getting caught up in the same stuff, <laughs> which is what I might, I might put the onus on you to find some New Zealand stories or maybe give it to Alice Absolutely, to find some Because news. there's some real interesting stories. I mean, I can definitely find some New Zealand stories because we're moving outside. I mean, there's economy stuff as well. There's a, there's a couple of stories about them trying to take statues down here. Because, again, like New Zealand is is, you know... New Zealand is the way that it is is because of colonialism. Like that's anywhere where you have the queen on your money, right? It's just because the British came to all these different places and they screwed up a bunch of different countries. They already had people living in them. That's just the history of of the world, really, of the last 200, 300, 400 years. And so there's this big outcry. It's real interesting because I feel like Kiwis want to pretend that racism doesn't exist here, but it totally does. <laughs> and it's sort of like there's a lot of uh, sort of the Maori population who are like, hey, so as the black Americans in the U.S. are sort of fighting for these rights and things, we have our own history here. And some of these statues need to go like statues of whatever this dude Hamilton's name is, who obviously came to this country, probably killed a bunch of indigenous people. And then, you know, someone said, oh, this is my ancestor. I want to erect a statue of him because he helped find this found this town this town right but it's like you didn't find this town there are people living here you just colonized it so yeah new zealand's got some interesting stuff going on and there's sports we're playing rugby and stuff so it's all over the place because there's so much of the american media that finds its way into this country and people try to make it you know because again the the 24-hour news cycle of america is entertainment so people here have an idea of what's happening in the states and they try to apply it here and it doesn't always it doesn't always make sense sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't so yeah. yeah, I can definitely find some news stories for next week. That's I, I was thinking more like people doing stupid shit, you know. Oh, yeah, like, it exists. Like, the, like, it like the fun stuff, like the fun stuff. Now that yes, people are out, exists. you know, like, uh, I don't know. It exists. Let me see. Hey, I'm, I'm going to break my media rule. Like, I'm going to go to the website called Stuff. Right. I looked at stuff already. That's where I found the, the yeah, there's just nothing there. Stuff, stuff has a lot of nonsense. It's got a lot. Yeah. It's got, again, we're talking about joblessness. And then, the, the again, the headline of this is like, not sober for eight years. Lotta Dan discusses female drinking culture and its dangers. It's like stuff like that because there's nothing else to really talk about. So yeah, there's no. So we don't have any more stories about like someone having their food stolen from their kitchen. <laughs> um, look, I'm sure, I'm sure they exist. So yeah, if you give me a week to find it, there's there's definitely some of these. Like we've got stories like a cop was punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, and it's like, like yeah, that. a cop was punched at 3 p.m. In the, at an intersection of a state highway one, and it's like that's news <laughs> in the states. It'd be like that's just Friday. Oh man, um, my uh, I guess uh, my my grandmother was saying before that she was kind of going on about how they um, about how they're canceling Paw Patrol Uh-oh. because they're Uh-oh. because they're because it's a cop show. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming for everybody. <laughs> well, she was like freak. She was like yelling, like, "Oh, this is ridiculous! I can't believe it!" Yeah, yeah. So, and then she, <laughs> okay, so she said, "She says they're canceling, they're canceling Paw Patrol, and they're tearing down statues." To which I said, "That feels like a non sequitur." And then I looked it up. I was like, "Oh, maybe it's not. They are related, but the Paw Patrol thing is actually a joke. It's so not." I typed in, so I typed in Paw Patrol, and yeah. from the New Zealand Herald, which is an an awful online website, this this headline is. Calls for Paw Patrol's cartoon police dog Chase to be euthanized amid Black Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs> and there's all of these things of like he's the first one there, and there's a big X over his face. <laughs> do, they, do they have a picture of the tweet where it's like 
all the all the dogs killed by the by the Paw Patrol. No, they don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, this nice. is a great hit. We should talk about this. This is hilarious. Well, we're talking about it. We're rolling into it. Let's oh, do this it. is hilarious. I did not know this was a thing. We're gonna cancel. Yeah, Paw it's Patrol. not. Yeah, so it's kind of a joke. So the best thing I've found. Let me see. Here we go. So here we go. Is Paw Patrol being canceled? Uh, this is this is reading from Decider. Um, so let's just go into this. This is the first news story. Have anti-racism protests come from Paw Patrol? According to the to Amanda Hess of New York Times, Paw Patrol fans have, I'll bet jokingly, called for the popular Nickelodeon show to be canceled as protests against police brutality continue to sweep the globe and shows like Cops and Live PD are canceled by networks. Did you know Cops was canceled? I, I heard that, but I didn't hear that Live PD was canceled because, first of all, I didn't know Live PD was a thing until a couple of years ago when I went back to the States and watched it. Live PD was entertaining. That was a lot of fun to watch. So, but oh, yeah, like we're going to, I mean, even shows like I'm reading this thing from the New York Times that's basically like protesting fictional cops. It's even talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is a very, which is a very popular TV show about New York City cops. And it's like all of these cop shows are basically coming under fire just because they're cop shows. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, uh, so while Paw Patrol protests may not be totally real, Eric Trump and Senator Ted Cruz seem to think fans are serious. Both tweets the protests, both tweeted that protests for poor Paw Patrol are, quote, truly insane, end quote, and they blasted the left for targeting cartoons, targetings in quotes. As a result of the back and forth, is Paw Patrol pro is the Paw Patrol protest real, or do Eric Trump and Ted Cruz just not understand humor? Many viewers have questioned about the beloved children's show. Is Paw Patrol being canceled? What's up with Paw Patrol protests? Here's everything you need to know. Explanation point. What started what started the protest against Paw Patrol? The complicated brouhaha started last week when the official Paw Patrol account tweeted a message in support of Black Lives Matter movement. Quote, in solidarity of Amplify Mel- Melanated? Melanated yeah. voices? Okay. Yeah, melanated. So voices of people with skin that is darker than Melanin? your typical. Gotcha. Yes, exactly. Sure, I get it. Not me. We will be muting our content until June 7th to give to give access for black voices to be heard so we can continue to listen and further our learning. And quote, the account wrote. Almost immediately, Twitter users began replying with jokey posts about Chase, the show's German Shepherd police officer. <laughs> Why has he got to be a German Shepherd? <laughs> I'm going to send you this uh, so you can scroll down and see the images. Uh, uh, yeah. So let's see here. Almost oh, immediately. Yeah. You began replying. Okay. Quote, Chase is not only a class traitor, but a species traitor as well. And quote, <laughs> wrote one user as part of a graphic that claims, quote, police shoot an average of 25 pet dogs per day, end quote. Is that Others true? Urge, I don't know if that's true, uh, but I do really like the image of <laughs> this dog holding a gun in its it, mouth. It's, it's such an awful Photoshop, too, which is what makes it so funny. I, it's yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it looks more like a... Uh, what are those? What is that called? Where you like just taping pictures of things? You know, what serial serial killers do. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, like a collage. So let's see. <laughs> yeah, a collage. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Others urge Paw Patrol to quote get rid of the cop and quote and quote defund Chase and quote. While others <laughs> said the cop, that the show the should be canceled altogether. Toaster. I hope the cop dog falls into a toaster. Is one of the tweets. <laughs> Oh, get rid of the cop or delete your account. 
Uh, defund chase wow people i you know what it's funny because people are joking but then there's uh, there's enough people on either side that will take this seriously that's the thing again this is all a joke so moving on how does the new york time paw patrol article quote the protests come for paw patrol and quote figure into this this is where things get dicey on wednesday we're recording this on friday the new york times Amanda Hess called out the show's depiction of canine crime helpers and acknowledged that the Paw Patrol protests, while a joke, come from the right place. (sighs) Quote, the effort to publicize police brutality also means banishing the good cop archetype, which reigns on police television and in viral videos of the protests themselves. End quote, writes Hess. Quote, Paw Patrol seems harmless enough, and that's the point. The movement rests on understanding that cops do plenty of harm. End quote. You want to react to that before I take a wild tangent? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Just go. Go on the tangent. Um, I I want to title this article, uh, this this uh, this episode, "Bad Marketing," because I want to talk about the slogan, "Defund the Police." Yep, that's bad marketing. I agree. Actually, yeah, I actually like agree. like you, <laughs> Trump won on make America great again. That's stupid, but it is very stupid. It makes sense. It's good marketing. Well, it doesn't, it makes clear sense message. It's, it makes sense. If you are, if you are, if you are, a, if you're, if you're a disenfranchised in his dem- white yes. guy. <laughs> yeah. If you're in his demographic, it makes sense that, Hey, things haven't been as good as they could be. I'm here to make them as it used to be when everything went back to the good old days and used to be able to play outside. And you know, when you used to be, when you used to know your neighbors like that nonsense, like, yeah, I get it. So you're right. I totally understand why that phrase for people who are, you know, not thinking critically is good. Black lives, Black lives matter. Yes. Not a bad slogan. No, good slogan. I think no, it makes other sense. than other than stop killing black people would be a better one because it gets straight to the point and it doesn't allow for anyone to go all lives matter. It's like stop killing us. That's a better slogan. Or but I get you it. know I, yeah. holds hold police accountable. Right. Yeah. Okay. Those those are good slogans. The problem with the only problem with Black Lives Matter is it raises every insecurity you can have if you do have a problem with that because you're like, well, what about me? But I'm not black. Yeah. Does my life not matter? That's when you get into some questionable territory. But again, the slogan itself is one of a it it's trying to change and it and I'd say overall it's it's kind of a it's a positive slogan, right? Yes. I agree because it is saying these lives matter. It's not disenfranchising anybody. It's just drawing attention. to It's it not thing. saying black lives matter more than your life. It's just saying black lives matter too. really is what it's saying. So, right. Exactly. So anyway, defund the police. <laughs> I don't know where this started. It's concerning and it's how you lose elections. Just well, like, look. just like the same way. And I, and I kind of put it in a similar camp as, uh, and I'm curious to get your point on this one. Yep. The um, all, what is it? All cops are bastards. That one too. Yep. Yeah. So what are what are your opinions on that? Because I also say that that's a pretty rough slogan. So again, look the the problem with all of these. If you have a slogan that then you have to explain, it's not a good slogan from a marketing standpoint, right? Yep. Like make America great again. You don't really have to explain 
to a certain population of the country. Especially white black people. Lives, black Lives Matter, you don't have to explain to a certain population, of the country, right? You don't have to explain that to black people, that Black Lives Matter. You don't have to explain, make America great again. It's good for, you know, the grandma who used to be able to, you know, have her kids play outside. Defund the police, you have to explain. Because every single time someone says defund the police that I've seen on clips and videos is, well, no, that's not what we mean. We don't mean not to play, not to pay for police officers at all. We mean to redirect that money toward things that make police officers, you know, the militarization of police force not necessary in our country, right? Like, that's what they're trying to say. But when you say defund the police, it literally makes it makes everyone think like, oh, wait, so you just want to get rid of police officers altogether? That doesn't seem like a good idea. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember who had the joke about it might have been Patrice O'Neill or someone who said, you know, I used to hate cops until I until I got a job and had money. <laughs> because then when someone breaks into my house, it's sort of like, you know, you kind of need someone to be here. Like, yeah, 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 I'm all for, I'm all for after police and all this stuff. But then when you have stuff, having police officers isn't always an awful thing. Like, you see lots of videos of police officers arresting black store owners because the black store owner called the police, right? Like, you have all of these cases where obviously there is injustice. And again, I'm speaking as an African-American. Yes, I know they're injustice. But when you immediately go to defund the police, you're, again, like, you need to demilitarize the police. We need to make sure that that police, you know, maybe defund police union would maybe even be a bit better. Because the police, there's a big issue with the unionization of police officers where, you know, the unions fight and lobby for so for so many things not to be done which is why cops aren't properly prosecuted for things like this because the police union is one of the strongest unions in our country and you know you get rid of unions for everything else right because it makes everything better right we don't need unions for auto industry workers in detroit anymore we don't need unions for all this stuff unions are a problem but then you have the police union and everyone's okay with that when you know the police union has a way of getting so much money and funding that you have this problem so, yeah, I'm with you. I think just defund the police as a general slogan makes you sound like you just want to get rid of cops altogether, which right. I don't think is smart because, quite frankly, America kind of needs police officers because if you don't have police officers, then then I got to worry about the regular white dude killing me. And then what? Who's going to come? You know, I don't even have a chance then if there's no legal system, because then we're really screwed as black people. We're only 10 percent of the country. You let the other 60% white people go, oh, great, there's no more police officers. Now I can finally get to killing. Like, that's a little concerning. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree. I don't – and, and that's why I'm like, yeah, I don't – what an awful slogan. And the all the all cops are all cops are bastards thing is another one that's kind of like it's all – we should not be encouraging this, this, uh, this hyperbole. It's just especially when what you especially when what you're combating exists on hyperbole and the whole thing that we've been saying and everybody's been saying about Trump for years. How often do you hear Chris Cuomo say words matter? Words matter. He'll say something and then somebody has to turn around and be like, no, 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 that's not what he meant. We're like, yeah, but that's the thing he said. Well, guess what? This is the thing you're saying and words do matter. And when you say the things like defund the police and all cops are bastards, it those two things align and makes it sound like you are trying to get rid of the police. And when you get to that point, then you know who that scares? Old, old white people. And you know who votes? Old white people. And you know what? They're voting for Trump. <laughs> but, it's, but the problem that I have with it is that generalizations in general are bad. Yeah. So generalizing anything 
is an awful way to have proper discourse, generalizing black people, generalizing Hispanics, generalizing women, generalizing police officers. They're all bad, right? I'd like say even political like, parties, even yes, you're going to generalizing say all, you're right, all the liberals are all the liberals are are cucks and all the all the Republicans are, you know, fascist. Trump are, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, but but again, but that's that's the problem and again, this is part of the issue is like we don't actually have proper discourse in in most areas of life, because our life has been boiled down to clips and sound bites in the internet, where we don't actually ever get in a room and just talk about things as human beings. Because yes, there's a lot of bad. And again, the problem with police, in my opinion, is this is the systemic part of it. It's the yeah. fact that you've got these unions and these things that allow for this to happen. There are good and bad police officers, just like there's good and bad, good and bad women. There's good and b- bad black people. There's good and bad human beings. Period. Right. Just that's just the way life is. There's people who are going to try and do harm to you and there's people who will, you know, help you at any cost just because that's who they are. It's human beings. And so we seem to on either side of this, you know, the fact that we've even made some of this stuff political is a joke in the first place. And that sort of shows the problem. You immediately turn this protest into politics and then it immediately goes into your team versus my team. Like, that's what it turned into. And so that's where we are now, where defund the police is too heavy-handed. And, you know, all lives matter, obviously, too heavy-handed. All these things are too heavy-handed because they're generalizations of this. Well, you know, if all these black people just had jobs, they wouldn't have these issues, right? Generalization. Oh, we know if all white people weren't racist, it's a generalization. Like, they're all generalizations that we can't seem to talk about, and it's sad. And I don't know if the way that we now consume media and actually have discussion, like, again, I'm going to say this. I believe that Twitter and Facebook are the worst things to happen to humanity in the last 50 years. I'm starting I want, to come around and agree with that. I, again, I want someone to tell me that I'm wrong because for all the good that they've done, they've done multitudes of harm. They've yeah. Facebook has been part of brainwashing a party of people willingly. Like it's, it's crazy to look at. Both have, like but both, I would say but Facebook of, specifically because uh, they're making they're making no, money. I mean, off I think mean, you said party of people. I'm saying yeah. I'm saying both parties. Both parties. Yeah, yeah. Agree. Agree. Absolutely. Because I'll, I'll I'll read stuff and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what you're saying sounds right, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, for all the good and I can that feel it, I feel the platforms. Yeah, for all the good that comes out of these platforms. I believe that you, again, you've now made where groups of people of like minds can get together, which is awesome. But that goes on both sides. That goes for all of these alt-right groups, the radicalization of white people, the radicalization of of, of um, Arab people in the middle. All of this stuff is because of the internet. Like, it really is. And people, yeah, the internet's great. Trust me. I, we are all obviously users of it. And it's allowed us to do our jobs, specifically in a time like this, where 50 years ago, we all would have been, you know, this would have been the Great Depression. Everyone, no one would have been working at this virus. We all would have been at home by candlelight. <laughs> I, and I know 50 years ago we had electricity, but you get the point, right? Like we didn't have internet and you had two TV channels and that was only 50 years ago. So like, yeah, like again, it's just, I just see social media of just being like a giant problem with this because like, we don't actually know how to use it properly. We're not using it to have this proper discourse. We're using it to shout at each other and we're using it to sort of cancel people without actually having a discussion of what that means. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. No, and instead, right. it's just yelling at each other back and forth. And so it, it just shows. It shows at a time like now worse than ever because you've now taken very serious issues that just need discussion and nuance to actually solve, and you've put them online where now it's just people screaming at each other as they're on the toilet. 
I'm glad I'm glad you've taken us in this direction because now I could bring up another tangent of an art of I'm not this isn't an article, but it's a it's a Reddit post on relationship advice that I read today. That's that's wonderful. It was it was at the top of Reddit. It's rare that I'll just look at general top trending Reddits like across the board. But this was one of these times where I, I just randomly did it. And here we go. You ready? Yep. I want to know, keeping in mind what you said about finding communities and, you know, fueling the fire, like reinforcing views. Think about that as I'm reading this. Okay. This is uh, you throw R A two zero two zero two zero zero four. All right. So there you go. Someone who wants to be anonymous. Here we go. I'm going to skip the too long didn't read at the top because I'm just going to let this play out. It's amazing. I know people are going to think I'm either trolling or baiting, but please read before you comment. And this comment plus this post has nothing to do with gender or trans issues, and I am in no way intending to be offensive or anything. Good start. So, so girlfriend and I have been together for nearly eight months, and she's always been a very quirky and nerdy person. Does cosplay, very into anime and role playing, etc. Nothing too weird. We've been kind of distant lately with everything going on and me being an essential worker. So haven't seen each other and only talk for a half an hour each half an hour a day. Well, last Tuesday, we got to hang out at her place and she wore and she wore cat ears and a belt with a tail the entire time. At first, I thought it was either going to be a sex surprise or her testing a new cosplay. But nope, she sat me down, asked me if I really do love her. Then hit me with a very long monologue that essentially summed up, quote, summed up to, quote, I'm a cat in a human body, end quote. <laughs> Wish I was joking. Following so far? I, I'm following. <laughs> Here we go. I thought I misunderstood and then believed that maybe it was a weird joke, but she kept being serious about it and doubling down. I left shortly after because I had a because I had a shift at work, and I still believed it was an oddly drawn out joke and nothing more. She ended up texting me with resources to help me understand, which is when I realized that she really is serious. Apparently, she believes she is an other kin, a person who holds the belief that they are not human. She says she was introduced this to this by one of her friends months ago, and she has since joined discords and communities of others like her. Her friends believes her friend believes he is a demon trapped in a human body, and she sent me a testimonial that was supposed to be touching, but it's basically just about a dude thinking he is Naruto. I'm not joking. She explained her other kin type as being a cat, and now she 100% thinks she is a cat. How did she ask? How did how did she know she was a cat, you ask? According to her, sleeping a lot, liking the sun, hating water, feeling more comfortable crawling on all fours, and claiming to understand what cats are saying and being able to talk to them through meowing. She has also apparently been distant with nearly everybody we know IRL as I got multiple messages asking me to let her know to be in touch with them. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes on my head is spy has been spiraling this past week i keep thinking it's a joke but nope she is deathly serious about this and has handed in her two weeks resignation at her job because cats don't work again <laughs> I, wish I, was yeah, that's what I wish i was joking 
I've been limiting my interaction with her ever since because this is hurting my head a whole lot and I just can't cope. She has also surrounded herself with a large amount of yes men and women who support her 100% and are enabling this, some even encouraging her to make a Patreon and make otherkin content that they would contribute to, which she brought up when I asked her about quitting her job. To make things worse, when I discussed this with anyone in real life, because I know how crazy it sounds and I know that her, that leaving her is is a valid option, but I'm in love with this woman and know, and now I don't recognize her and I know that there is something very, very wrong and I can't reach out to her and she refuses to hear anything from me unless it's unconditional support. What a sentence. What the fuck do I do? <laughs> he has a bunch of edited follow-ups here, but he basically just says... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bail. I, I, it sucks. She dyed her hair red because she's a ginger cat. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. So would would something like that be possible if it wasn't for social media? Would other kin be in the lexicon? Which no. I didn't know was a thing until I read this post. I, I didn't real. know it was a thing either. And I'm looking at pictures of other kin, and yeah, these are people who believe that they are spiritually other things like they recognize that their physical body is one of a human but their spiritual body is something else whether it's a specific type of animal whether it's a mythical creature whether it's an elf it's just other kin that they are spiritually other things and yeah i would say that the internet now again i don't this is where it gets tough right because i think you want this article by chance yeah there's gotta be a vice yeah there you go there's a vice article of course there is i'm concerned so i look i I don't this is tough right because obviously psychologically there's something different about these people and i don't believe that there's anything wrong with these people in the traditional sense of wrong but i think it's going to these extremes of changing your personality, sacrificing relationships, all of these things that become problematic, if that makes sense. Because I don't necessarily think that it's wrong to think that spiritually you have these things and it helps you get through your day. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And having discussions with people online about that, is there anything wrong with it either? But I have a problem like this woman who has changed her face and given herself cat teeth. Or like, again, this woman, this girl who tells her, I'm going to dye my hair and do all of these things. And I'm basically going to destroy our relationship because I read an article online and my friend told me I was this. So I now I'm going to act out. Again, it's always the extremes of anything. It's like the radicalization of, of having these feelings seems to be more of an issue than actually having these feelings in the first place. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like you can you can basically get confirmation on anything you want to believe. You can get confirmation on, on anything on the internet, whether you're a you racist. You find the community. Yeah. You find the community of people that will always back up what you think. Like I'm trying to think of it, you know, in the most basic terms, right? If you go to a you go to a PlayStation Reddit, right? And you say, should I get a PlayStation or an Xbox? Everybody's gonna tell you get a PlayStation, yeah. <laughs> right? Because that's the community you're in. Right. So if you go to a community that says, am I a cat in a in a in a human's body and I find this other kin community, they might even just find you just by the fact that you're the only person talking about that. So they'll jump in and be like, yeah, yeah, join join this group and we'll tell you more about it. And then all of a sudden they have one more person in their group and it's just like another person who can be 
accepting of your lifestyle and something that becomes fringe all of a sudden doesn't feel fringe because you have more people that can accept you. But then what you uh, also notice about these cultures as well is that these cultures have the same problems as regular as our regular society does, right? There's predators in these cultures. There's people who are faking within these yeah. cultures or being these, as the word that you've heard recently of agent provocateurs and all of this stuff, right? Like it's got the same problems. Oh, you as mean like that old man in the, Buffalo, according yeah, exactly. to our president? Like, a, like the old uh, man provocateur yes. who is trying to yes. scan police signals whatever whatever he was trying to do according to trump that he read on some you know some from some conspiracy theorists but that's the thing right like there's these again i think human societies are always the same the roles that we take within these societies are the same it's just the one thing that we all hold on to that brings us together that makes these things different so for the you know the second amendment rights people it's their love of firearms and they're feeling the need that they've got the right to own firearms for these people it's their spirituality right there's always i mean that's for everything in religion right you're all holding on to sort of the same thing and getting together but then you have the same personal problems you have anywhere else and i think that's what these people don't tend to understand that they tend to think well this is special this is not like regular life but these you've got regular life people with regular life problems in these communities as well and so yeah it's sad because like you said you can find a community for anything anything right like i like the birds are fake thing that's hilarious to me Awesome. But the fact really that there's good. probably, I mean, flat Earth society, I, we can name a million things where you're just like, that's nonsense. Flat Earth society people. has got to be like, I'm going to say 75, well, I hope 75% at the minimum know it's bullshit. But those they 25% know they have to, that believe it, that's the yeah. problem. Yeah, the guy in the rocket, for example, yes. who's died. That's the problem. That's the problem. And that's and that's the issue. And the same thing with, right? how many people are online who started some of these subreddits and stuff about Trump that were joking? It's probably most of them. And then all of a sudden it became very serious. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Donald. Yeah, yeah. That whole thing. It's the start as a joke. It's a joke. And then a few people are joking around and then you get a few people who who think that this community is a real thing and they make it serious and then everyone goes, okay, well, I guess we're going to take this serious. Let's do it. Let's. I mean, it's, it's basically like a bunch of little cults. It's like starting a bunch of little cults and it's sad. It's sad because people don't realize that like the internet has such power to be able to help you find a place of commonality, but you still need to live in the real world with the rest of us and try to fix this world instead of going online and trying to create your own. Yeah. Well, I think it's easy. You, you blame Mr. Rogers for telling every kid how special they are. <laughs> <laughs> that is an actual counterpoint to Mr. Rogers. It's like he told every kid that they're unique and that's why people grew up and millennials and all these guys, they grew up the way they did thinking that they're special when they're not special. They're just like the rest of us. Wow. It's like, it's one of these weird arguments. Um, but you going back to the core point about the, about social media, it's, yeah, I think it is harmful because you're never going to really, it's just going to further indoctrinate you into whatever, whatever you kind of believe in to the point where you firmly believe it and you have enough resources and enough people telling you that that's the way it is and it will never be broken where getting you out of it is like it's like quitting drugs i believe that everyone needs counterpoints everyone even when you're absolutely sure that you're right you need counterpoints to be able to solidify your argument versus confirmation bias 
I believe that about everything, about every single thing that we do. If you don't have someone who's willing to challenge you and ask you questions about your beliefs, and you're not able to actually come up with the correct answers or the answers that you feel are satisfactory, because the fact of you might be wrong is so terrifying to most people, but they're not actually willing to truly have those discussions. It's why we're in the situation we're in now. There's enough white people who didn't actually really want to have the discussion when black people were telling them police officers were killing us. And they go, well, that's not true. I know Jimmy. Jimmy's a good I, I've got a friend who's a black police officer. I'm sure it's fine. But it's like, but you don't seem to understand. Like, w- this is happening to us. No, no, no. It can't be. That's, I, I don't believe you. No, no. Police officers, they're here to help us. We've got to help the police. The police, it's a dangerous job. And you need to respect the police officers. And then you finally start seeing it. And then you get more and more people start to ask questions. Of going, wait a minute. Why did I just have to? What did I just watch? That can't be real. And there's, you need to have people that you can ask questions to. And be challenged. And if you're not willing to be challenged, this is mostly for white people. If you're not willing to be challenged in your beliefs and you're not being honest, you don't want to have honest conversations. Like talk there to people a, so that way they can challenge you. There was a good meme going around with that says something like, you know, we we said we said so in our songs, we said so in our movies, we we did it when taking a knee. Like we did all this shit and you didn't listen. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much. You didn't listen, and you you know, and you basically you blackballed a guy from playing NFL because he basically was telling you this was happening. It's it, yeah, it, it's it's very weird. I think social media. I mean, if you want to go into cancel culture for this, because I think that's still a good discussion. It's it's part of the problem. Like it it exacerbates the problem of the fact that people are not using social media correctly. I, it's not that I don't think it should exist. It's very similar to gun control, right? Like there's a lot of great gun owners out there who, you know, understand gun safety and understand trigger control and all of this stuff. All it takes is a couple people to misuse it where you really start to have to say, hey, I'm sorry. I know that you're the responsible one, but there's a lot of idiots out there and we need to do something about this. I'm sorry that you're you happen to be the minority in people who actually treat this with the respect that it deserves. Yeah. Well, in respect to cancel culture, we could kind of jump right into that because I um, it was funny because Greg actually followed up with me because he was the one who sent me that initial thing about Chacha Macha, right? And he said, he said, re-racist tea, <laughs> which is always a good way to start anything. Um, to clarify, I sent, I said that as a joke, which seems like it upset you, which it didn't. I was clear. Not, <laughs> yeah, dude, you were, you were not happy that, that we were trying to take away your tea. We, anyway, however, I've been trying to be more conscious of what companies I can choose to can slash choose to support and this is something i'm trying to do with varying success for the last few years the original poster is a friend who has had a lot of personal interaction with both chacha owners and had nothing good to say about either of them as people or businessmen that's not notable but he sent me another post that's got taken down with the conrads in full geisha costume (laughs) so that's that's the guy it's uh the founders Chacha also has always bugged me a little because of the appropriation flip vibe it screams and both these instances out of context or not just confirm things and steal the deal for me. The Trump thing is the icing on the dick hole cake. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I mentioned. Yeah, but he he listened to the episode. He's, he's, so thank you for listening, look, Greg. Look, man, this is a problem with all of this stuff, all this stuff that you seem to be. And it's good. I'm going to challenge you on this because I feel like you're more upset about cancel culture than you should be. I think you, I think you've got a blind spot here in this Maybe. that is OK. And some of it I understand. But I think that you're missing the point on cancel culture across some of this stuff. OK. 
go ahead. Are you gonna? Yeah, no, I, you, I just want to talk about some of these. Like specifically, we talked about J.K. Rowling this week. Yeah. Right? Okay. So yeah, I brought up the thing about J.K. Rowling because I sent you that. Um, so she, people are now saying that Harry Potter's canceled and J.K. Rowling's canceled because she she first jumped in criticizing something about uh, an article that was written that said I sent it to you. So I'm just gonna find that screenshot. Um, it said something like the article about said people, people who, menstruate. who menstruate. That's all I remember. Yeah. yeah. And she made kind of a snide remark being like, Oh, if only we had a word for that. If only we had a word for people who menstruate. And she kind of made a joke, like basically saying, you know, it's women. The The term you're looking for is, yes. is women. Yes. Which to me seems relatively inoffensive as a straight white man. All right. I'll yep. start that. But she said, quote, people who menstruate Unquote. quote, I'm sure there is, there used to be a word for these people. Someone help me out. Woman, wimpund, womud, opinion, create a more equal post COVID, more equal post COVID-19 world for people who menstruate. Oh, so that's, that's basically a response. That's the title of the article she was responding yes. to. Um, I didn't. I read a little bit of the article. Um, it basically said like people who menstruate meaning like women and trans women and, it, but anyway. So she said that, and then she kind of, then she followed up by saying, because people were reacting like they were freaking out, saying she's oh now she's anti-trans. What do they call her? A turf? Uh, yeah, yeah which is the, which is uh um trans. No, so I'm sorry. You, you can probably find what it means, but it means it's like a basically a radical feminist who is against trans people. Yeah, which okay, it's trans that something radical line, feminist. I just don't know what the E stands for. Yeah, which that one line does not necessarily imply to me personally, but I, that also that label is very strange to me. But fair enough. Okay, here we go. This is what she says. If sex isn't real, there's no name. There's no same sex attraction. If sex isn't real. The lived realities of women globally is erased. I know and love trans people, but erasing the concept of sex removes the ability of many to meaningful dis- to meaningfully discuss their lives. It isn't hate to speak the truth. The idea that women like me, who've been empathetic to trans people for decades, feeling kinship because they're vulnerable in the same way as women, i.e. male violence, hate trans hate trans people because they think sex is real and have lived consequences is not is nonsense is a nonsense is nonsense so that's what she wrote in response again i think that sounds relatively measured that seems like civil discourse it doesn't sound hateful nothing she wrote is but i suppose if you if you take offense well let me ask you this can we can we this is gonna be the worst question i could possibly ask yep and again, these anyway. are two men speaking about issues across sexuality. So the fact that we don't have a woman or a trans person on here is probably a major oversight, but I'm going to do the best I can to counter what you're about to ask me. Yeah, cool. Who it, Who is offended by what she wrote the first time? Trans people and most Why? likely people of LGBTQIA plus communities. Why are they offended? And I asked that in sincere question. Yeah, why aren't yeah, they think, offended? Why are they offended? Why don't they answer the question as if she is someone who does not understand? I think I can answer this because I don't believe that people in these communities, like it's like the literal sort of biological meaning of different sexes of human beings is one thing, right? Like that biological biologically exists across all of the animal kingdom. 
right? Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, it, against across plants as well, right? There's there's male plants and female plants, just from a scientific term. Yes. But the term woman and the term, like, again, there's different from the scientific term versus the actual social term of what makes someone a woman, what makes someone a man. And it's trying to break those stereotypes of, hey, in order to be a man, you need to do these things to be a man. Hey, man up. All of the, all of that type of language. Oh, you're a sissy. You need to like it's trying to it's trying to remove that from humanity. And the same thing goes with the term woman. Because, yes, as a female, you are born female or male or intersex, right? Like, those are sort of the ways that you can be born as a human being on Earth. Um, and that's the – and again, I think this is the problem is that people, enough people don't see the semantics of the social impact of not realizing that people who menstruate is a much better way to deal with this scientifically than it is to deal with, oh, only women have this problem when the identity of what a woman is in our society is different. It's not, it's not just biological. It's, it's mentally, it's even physically with changes that you might want to make as a human being that goes, I don't feel like I was born to be this as society wants me to be this. So I feel like I identify as something else. So the thing that I think why this is so dumb on her part is because it literally is trying to parse semantics. It's her trying to make a semantical argument of just going, oh, well, this is dumb. It's just women. Why can't you just say women? Why are you so afraid to say women? This is marginalizing women's issues. And it's like, no, this is just trying to say that people who menstruate, it's not it's not a curse upon women. It's not an issue that's just women. It's an issue that everyone should care about. And it's an issue that we should try to support people who menstruate, period. And it's the semantical argument that makes her look like an idiot, quite frankly. And then she wants to try and explain this. And I go, you are arguing over semantics when people are telling you, you putting us into these boxes has harmed our communities for for centuries. Because putting us into these boxes of what makes a man a man, right? Hey, Jason, I'm more of a man than you, right? Like how ridiculous, again, this is what people live, this is what they're trying, this is what the LBGTQIA plus communities are trying to get rid of. Of, hey, Jason, because of these things, because I have more muscle or because I'm bigger or because I'm this or that, I'm more of a man than you. You are less than me as a man. That's ridiculous. And trying to say this about women, hey, you're more of a woman because you menstruate and you don't. Like that's that's what they're trying to get to. I think I hope I'm explaining this correctly because again, it's hard to explain this as yeah, a I kind of, straight I man. Kind of get it, but that I, but that I believe it, but is not, sort of the discussion that they're trying to have. But that's it's semantics. I, under, I understand semantics, what you're saying, but to them, it's it's what they've it's how they've been persecuted as a community for for hundreds of years. And so this is one of those discussions where I go, this is where sort of the people who don't understand these need to just shut up. Like, just remove yourself from the conversation. It's not something that concerns us. And J.K. Rowling, while she might feel that this specifically concerns us, saying people who menstruate isn't, isn't isn't minimalizing male violence against women. Because this happens against, as she said, against not only, you know, people who are born female and identify as being a woman. It's also people who are born a different sex and decide that they still identify as a woman. Right. Those issues still affect everybody. 
It affects people who identify as being women. And she's saying, well, this marginalizes that by not calling people for what they are. And it's like, but you're, again, it's a semantical argument. And it just makes her look like an idiot for the fact that she still wants to keep having this argument. And it's like, you're going to lose just on the fact that you can't just admit that you need to change your language. That's it. You need to change. Sorry that you have to change something that you've been doing for 50 years, but it's time to change your language. It's that simple. So if they said, well, let me ask this question then. If she, if instead of saying they shouldn't have said women, they should have, she, they should have said females. Is that, is that a problem? Now, again, this is, this is where my blind sight comes in because I don't want to speak for these communities because I'm not a member of these communities. For me gonna, personally. I, I'm going to go yeah. double down on a blind sight as well. So go ahead. Yeah. So, so again, that. I'm just going to say for me, when you're talking about biology and science, that to me is more acceptable. Now, I'm sure there's people who will disagree with that. I'm sure there's people who say, you don't, that's not what we're trying to do, which is fine. But this is my interpretation of it, which is when you go sort of biologically and just literally go, hey, by the science, we're trying to do this. But again, this is about like support systems of making sure that we have sanitary products in schools. It's like that type of stuff that we're actually trying to do, which to me is a very harmless thing of just saying, so for people who menstruate, we're not putting you in any sort of category. It's just this is a biological thing that happens to you. We are going to make sure that you are supported in the workplace and school and public places, all of those types of things, right? That's literally what this article is saying, I believe, of like, we're just trying to have more support system where it's not stigmatized because you because you happen to bleed once a month. Like, yeah. like, 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 literally, that's all this article is saying. And she took the offense of the fact that they couldn't use the word woman. Yeah, it would streamline the whole thing if she said women. And I don't see why. Well, OK, if you reversed it and said if the article said women instead of people who menstruate, would that in any way change the meaning of what the author was trying to get across? Would it still? And I just probably again to me, question, no. But, but again, this is the problem: is that J.K. Rowling decided to open up her mouth and make this an issue. I think if you would have put women in that article, people wouldn't have had a problem with it because they would have generally understood what you meant. But because she she had to point it out that this was an issue of why oh we used to have a word for that. And again, some of this is some of the issue with. But but again, it's not even rude. Like this is some of the issue with people trying to be funny on on Twitter when they're not professional funny people. Is that really she tried to make a joke and it sucked? Her joke wasn't funny, and so she's getting punished for having a bad joke. Oh man! And, and, that, and that, that happens to a lot of, of people. Yeah. That exactly. happens to a lot of comedians as well, where they try to be funny, and it's like you know when you're on a stage and you're doing stuff for comedy purposes, you can tend to do nuance and things and try to sort of explain your position. But most of the time, it's people on Twitter trying to be funny. It's people trying to out jiffy out out gif each other and out meme each other, and that's what she was trying to do. Like again, she, if she would have just split, just straight up said, "Hey, I believe this is marginalizing women's issues." I don't believe you would have had this issue. Versus, oh, is it women's, women's, women? How, how do how is this magical word we used to say? It just made her come off like a douche. Yeah, fair. And so she's I, you know, I could I I could go along with that. My so understood. I'll take all that. I I and again and again. I, I I just want to make sure that I preface this that I don't really have a right to speaking for these communities, but someone's got to do it on this podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, we we shouldn't have the discussion at all. Which maybe some people would argue yeah. we should we shouldn't be having this discussion. So, well, then too bad. I, I get I, I, I just say too bad. Yeah, we've exactly. got a platform to discuss it. And I think we're trying to discuss it in a way where men are actually discussing these issues because I think men yeah, are going to be fair. To like I yeah, absolutely yeah. I don't. I, Neither of us have any sort of animosity towards these groups, but um, zero. Now let me now let me explain my true position on this. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, I I think that 
I, I am at a point, so I, because this is also where you get into um, where I think the uh, liberals can kind of stick their, uh, you know, can get a little egg on their face and really get in trouble with like the, let's call it the standard voter, we'll call it, right? Right. Like the guy in the middle. Your your person is just literally trying to live their life, right? They don't really take exactly. They they just go to work every day. They try to make money for the family. That's it. All of a sudden, yeah. This trans issues is it's real, right? Yep, absolutely. It's it's also very new. You said you're gonna have to repeat it to me because I don't know them all. I know LGBTQ plus, IA plus, IA plus. Okay. Those are LGBTQIA plus. And Come again, on. I don't want to act like I'm some savant in this. I know, Honestly, I know, but I, I, I learned I just, a lot of this stuff six months ago by going to conferences. And guess what? Listening, listening to yeah. other human beings tell me but their I, problems. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we talked about that, but I, I just want to, I just want to make the point. Tell me if I'm wrong, that those letters and hell symbols, because the plus thing probably didn't exist to the tag. LGBTQ was the end of it up yep. until maybe five years ago. Right, yeah. All well, this even, stuff is even very new. Other if, groups needed to be included. Absolutely, yep. Can we have, assuming it's not being done with a sheer animosity or you know volition towards towards these people or hatred, can we at least have a little bit of wiggle room to make some mistakes? And you know what's real funny is because I agree with you a thousand. Is that rude? Percent. It's not. It's not it's the black not, and white thing. You can't compare it to black yeah. and white because black people have always been around and they're clearly black. All right. Look, look. I'm, I'm going to give criticism. Different. The criticism that I have on these communities is by realizing that there's a lot of people who have to learn. And if you want people to learn, you have to give them the chance to make mistakes. And so they might call you the wrong thing. They might not ask you, hey, what are your preferred pronouns? They don't know all of this because they're not part of your communities. And you really only have a couple of chances for them to really listen. And you should really, again, like first impressions mean everything. If the first thing you do is snap at someone and tell them they're this, that, and the other, and you said the wrong thing, and how dare you, and you just decide to completely go in on these people who honestly are just going to, like, again, that's going to make them, that's going to make them harden and not want to learn. So I agree with you a thousand percent of absolutely. I think people need to be able to make mistakes because it's, it's a lot. And some of these people grew up in times that, guess what, that aren't your times of the internet where they have these communities and safe spaces. So if you actually want these people to learn and they are willing to listen, you need to give them you need to give them the chance to make the mistake. You need to give them the chance to call you the wrong thing and for you just to correct them. And if they're willing to listen, these people will be profusely sorry. Oh, my, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. I didn't mean to do any of these things. Please help me learn. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I hear you. Yeah, and that's how you identify your allies versus your enemies because you might find that the person you're attacking is not doing anything out of out of uh you know malice they're just doing it out of ignorance because it's all new it's very new and i think for the gross majority of people they don't care they don't care and that's probably the best thing you could ever hope for yeah is that they're willing to let you live your life because they just want to live theirs 
Yeah, exactly. But again, so but that, again, look, there's a big part of these communities that say silence is, is compliance. And it's a big, with the Black Lives Matter stuff, it's a big part of it of saying, hey, I understand you don't care, but if you don't actually say anything, it starts to look like compliance for the things that are being put in place. So like a lot of the stuff that Trump is putting in to sort of compl- to, to stop trans people from being in the military, yeah, he just by people today, not right? speaking by people not speaking up about that, those communities and black communities, same thing. We see it as compliance of you saying, well, we can't fight this on our own. If you really don't care, you should be out here to fight for my right to care. And so that's why I need your help, because I understand that this doesn't affect you, but it affects me and you getting out there to just say, hey, this person has a right next to me to be heard. That's what I'm marching for. I'm not marching for it because I'm so passionate about these issues and I've done years and years of studying. I'm marching because this person is a human being and they deserve the same rights that I do. So that's a big, it's like the co-signing of it. Like you got to co-sign these communities by you basically being like, look, I don't really know their issues, but I'm here standing with them because I believe that their issues matter just as much as mine. That's super powerful to be able to. And that's why you see so many white people out here with this Black Lives Matter stuff is because they're saying, hey, look, I don't understand the black experience. I don't live the black experience. My life is pretty good. But, you know, this guy is over here screaming in pain. And I feel that it's my duty to go stand with him as he screams his heart out for wanting equality. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So with that in mind, we're canceling J.K. Rowling. So look again, but but I honestly want you to get into some of your thoughts on the canceling stuff because I think you make good points, and that's why it's not just because I want to again like I think you've got some blind spots in this, but I also think you make good points, and specifically the point that you made before we got on this podcast is yeah okay, so you've canceled this person, now what? Right. Yeah. So that you basically just said it. It's like what is what is the proper punishment? You know, what is the proper punishment for someone who hasn't done anything? But one who hasn't done anything illegal then mostly has just had a difference of opinion and and explained it poorly let's just say like let's give the benefit of doubt right like jk rowling for example let's just pre- or you know what i think alice had a better example the, the woman who was the dog walker right the woman who was walking her dog and the black guy told her to put the dog on a leash which is the law and she's on this video basically saying hey i'm gonna call the cops and tell them that an african-american is harassing me don't talk to me like that i'm gonna call the cops me. and tell them she was you was threatening me i'm gonna tell them you were threatening me and the guy's like i just told you to put your dog on a leash because that's the law right yeah. and so she's lost her job right so like again she has been canceled as a human being right that's the yeah. best way you can put and it she's and she's a young woman right like she's not so is so what do people want what do, what do, what do the people who go after this person want to actually happen like what what does canceling this person mean versus you know i i think i drew the analogy to someone like um like a bill cosby right you're gonna cancel that guy he's an he's an old he's an old man he was a serial rapist he's in prison he's gonna die there that's the punishment for the crime that makes perfect sense this woman doing didn't do anything illegal she's just an asshole and is and is probably uh uh, it is i'm not gonna say probably she is a bit racist yes absolutely and and that's what it is she is what is she probably in her 30s right right yeah maybe maybe late 20s i don't know she's seen relatively young i haven't seen the video in a while but let's just assume that at the oldest she's in her 30s what do you what do you expect she lost her job she she, her life is in shambles right now is that it for her? What do you want? Do, do people want her to just just roll over and die? Or do they want some sort of way that she can come to an understanding, redemption, get back on her feet? Because my what I see from these people who have this kind of cancel culture mentality is the answer is no. They just, they want to, that's it. It's over for you. You're done. 
But I guess that's the they question. Don't, they don't have an answer yeah. for what's next. They're just like, the, we did it. She's fired. She's done. We feel great. Who's next? It's like, well, this, <laughs> like, there have been instances where people have done things. Usually it's in the case where, I mean, what I've seen, like the guy who worked on Night in the Woods, for example, there was a, he was outed in a Me Too situation. And I think within a month, the guy killed himself. He, it was like a really bad, messed up relationship thing. He was clearly, he clearly abused this woman. Young guy definitely did, was not in the right for all this thing, but they drove him to suicide. Nobody talked about the suicide. It was just like, okay, what, what the hell? You know, so they covered my, the Me Too by about a hundred to one from the outcome of the report. So, my, my question would be to these people. Are, are human beings not redeemable? Are we making that call that says, again, any human being, right? Because, again, that is part of the point of prison, whether people mm-hmm. believe that or not. That is the original point. Yeah. Rehabilitation. Prison is, prison is not just to hide your undesirables away for a while. It's to actually try to put them in a place where they can be rehabilitated and then reenter society if their sentence allows it. Even if they've got a 30-year sentence as a 20-year-old man. Right, and you get a 30, 40 year old sentence. The point of those 30, 40 years is to actually redeem that human being. That's the point of prison. That's why we have prisons at the, you know, at the core of having an institution where you put people away. So are we just saying that people are no longer redeemable? Because that's a great question. Because like, what does this woman need to do to be redeemable? Where every single time she goes in to get a new job, and let's say that she is profusely sorry. Let's say that she is saying, hey, how do I fix this, right? And is there a guideline of does she need to donate time? Does she need to really listen and become parts of these communities? Like I'm trying to think of a case where someone has become redeemable like this. And honestly, the only case that I have, and it's a real obscure one, is Tim Hardaway basketball player because i believe it was back in 2004 2005 he went on a radio show and said he hates gay people right like he went on this rant and was just like i just hate gay people i can't stand them i don't i don't get it i don't understand it i hate them i don't want to hit them anywhere near around me i just don't want to deal with them and again like the radio host at the time he was like after that happened i went to the parking lot and i threw up because i knew his i knew his career was over i knew that was it i couldn't stop him as he was going on this rant and I saw it coming as in like, he is ruining his, he is, he is imploding. He is going to ruin his livelihood. He's going to ruin his career. And you know what Tim Hardaway's done since the last 20 years? He's been probably one of the strongest advocates for gay rights because he realized people who were in his community came up to him and said, you know, that stuff that you said hurt me personally. And he's like, I didn't even realize how many people I'd hurt with those words. And so he, and again, this is a famous person who's got income and finance to support to this thing. Is that what you want? Do you want her to donate all of her money to these causes? Like what, at what point does this woman become redeemable where she goes, I made such an awful mistake that was recorded. And I felt some of those things, some of those just came out in anger and I just wanted to hurt this person as bad as I could, but I don't mean this. What do I need to do to get my life back? And I think that's some of what cancel culture is missing because it's sort of like, good, we got them out of the way. Where's the next person? And it's not actually trying to teach any of these people, hey, look, if you don't want to listen to me, that's one thing. If you tell me, well, this is all BS and whatever, you fired my job, I still believe the things outside, I'd never say sorry. That's one thing. 
if these people say, hey, look, I'm real, you know, I said some things that I've learned a lot in the last couple of days. The words I said, I now realize how hurtful they were. I realize X, Y, and Z. And you just then continuously decide to pound on them and not actually like give them a chance to redeem themselves. Oh, no, sorry, that's, a, yeah. that's a problem because I feel like in our modern day society, everyone should have a chance to redeem themselves, even the worst of us. And I yeah. think that's kind of the, like, even the people that kill, like, again, they're in prison and they might never get out, but the point of their time in prison should be to be rehabilitated. They should have, they should have the opportunity and the chance to realize that the evil thing that they did is wrong and they're going to be in prison for the rest of their lives, but they can still do good while they're in prison for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, I think this conversation is like a good way to you know, it's a good follow up on the last one because that we had last episode, because that's really the big part of it, because a lot of these people are being canceled due to a difference of opinion. It's not even anything they've done, which is illegal. And the difference of opinion can be one that is it can be perpetuating hate, which is which is bad. Right. We could agree on that. Yep, sure. It can also just be it can be out of touch because they're ignorant to an issue that you may believe in and they don't, but it also could just be a difference of opinion. So when you cancel somebody, what is the actual rehabilitation? What is your expectations? What is your goal? And and as I was saying before the, before we were recording, I was saying that in a lot of instances, and this goes back to the social media thing as well. When you try to cancel somebody, it only it has the exact opposite effect of what you want to happen. Gone with the Wind was like the top selling movie on Amazon because Disney decided that they're going to add something about the about context. They took the movie off of Disney Plus or HBO Max. No, sorry, yeah, whatever it was they they yeah they took it off of HBO Max so they could edit it and add a note about the context of what was going on, and then immediately shot that stuff up to like number one. It's the exact same effect. You try to edit something, you try to change it, you only put it under the spotlight, and then those people that want to, that are already into it, or even kind of tangentially aware of it, but do kind of agree, are just going to dig their heels in and double down on that thing you're trying to cancel. And look, I guess this is where we differ, because I'm not against cancel culture, right? I think it's actually a very good thing of actually calling these people out. Like, sure, going back into people's history, like when they're teenagers and doing stuff, like that's like, sure, like kids say stupid stuff, but it's sort of making a point. They're showing people that there's real consequences to the things they say, even if it's on the internet, right? Like, I think there's nothing wrong with that. But where I do agree with you is the, the, the lack of, the lack of room for redemption, the lack of sort of being able to look at these people and say, you know what? You said some really awful and hurtful things. And if you're willing to listen, I'm willing to actually allow, like as a community, we're willing to allow you to get your life back. We're willing to allow you to have, the, you know, I'll even support some of these people. Sure. You said something awful 17 years ago and you apologized profusely and you came into our communities. You tried to learn and now you're a giant advocate. I'm not going to keep pulling up that tweet from 20 years ago. To keep saying, but he's this. He'll always be this. I don't believe that. And I think that's where I agree with you on the cancel culture. But I don't disagree that this shouldn't happen. I don't like difference of opinions need to be shouted down, especially when they're when they're hurtful and they've got hate in them. Like if you don't call that stuff out, then it is a bit of 
it's complicit. It's compliance of like, yeah, well, he's, he's just saying stuff. Like being able to shrug stuff off of just saying it, I don't think that's acceptable anymore. I think there's consequences for your words and you have to be willing to accept those consequences. And sometimes it might mean you need to go through massive rehabilitation for people to regain your trust. But I think that should be part of it. I think you should have that opportunity. Yeah. But I think there's also, it's also a line of where it, I don't like the term cancel culture for the same reason of that, you know, that bad marketing thing. Which is it? What does that mean? You can't cancel a person. But again, some of this and some of this is just generational as well, right? Like it's just the way that people tend to talk as they're younger of canceling. And again, it probably comes from some TV show, RuPaul's Drag Race, something, right? Like that's where all half the stuff comes. I'm serious. That's where half the me. I'm learning this again because whether we like it or not, we're both old, right? Like it hits me. I mean, it's hitting me because I got a birthday coming up in a week, and it's like, wow. Like I, you know, you know, I started thinking high school was 20 years ago. We're old, man. And I think it's it's hard for us to, you know, I think as you get older, and I think this is what a lot of older people are struggling with, where you just tend to forget, like, like there's a new generation of people who just grow up differently than you. And really, this is their time to fight for the world that they want to live in. And this is why I say a lot of people just need to get out of the way. Move. Seriously, like, it's time for us. If you're 35, 45, it's time for you to get out of the way. Let these young people talk about the world they want to live in. And sure, we all have rights and we can speak for the stuff that we want. But these people are fighting for the new future of our of our planet, really. Because it's not just race, it's climate change, it's everything. And there's too many of us old people, young old people and old old people, who for whatever reason just can't move out the way. Move! Get out the way. Let these young people march in the streets. Let them have their voice heard. That's not for us to stop that. So if they want to get on the internet and pass memes around and say cancel culture, I think it's fine. But I think it's actually us to sort of help them steer the discussion in a way that's useful. Because when you're young, it's very hard to aim, right? Like that's the thing that I've learned. Like young people have a hard time aiming. It's everywhere, right? Like their their passion, it just explodes, right? Because it's got so much energy to it. They haven't learned how to focus that energy into actually getting real change. And that is where old people come in of saying, I'm going to listen because this is your future in your world. Just let me help you aim this in a way. Let me help you aim this anger instead of looting and rioting in stores of actually getting real governmental change. Let me aim this cancel culture and actually educating people on LGBTQIA plus rights. It's all of that stuff that that's our position to help these people. Just because we don't like the terminology and the goofiness that comes around with it, that's not really my place to say. That's that's their world. We just have to help them aim it. All right. Yeah. There you go. Well said. <laughs> Let's move on. What do you say? Should we get uh, the last Let's talk about some thirty minutes? <laughs> we could do a long podcast, but I think it's. I mean, look, man, it's we, we've hit a new day where this stuff needs to be talked about. So we're just it's yeah, absolutely take long yeah. I think it's good conversation. It. Good conversation. Glad um, we're having it. Yeah. All right, so let's move over to some media therapy. All right, look at that. We didn't even talk about why it, Trump didn't think Lincoln did a good job or something like that for black people. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a guy that's, so, again, again, old people move out the way, Trump. He's just got to move out of the way. This isn't his world to live in it's anymore. It's not going to happen. Too bad. You're in it. Um, all right, so let's, let's start off with a question. Who's older? Don Cheadle or Paul Giamatti? Don Cheadle for he's deceptive. I I honestly believe that Don Cheadle's deceptively young. Hmm. I'm gonna guess that Don Cheadle is like late 40s 
I'm going to guess mm. that he's like 48, 49, that you want to think that Don Cheadle's older than he is, but he's actually still fairly young. So I'm going to say Paul Giamatti is older. I'm going to guess that Don Cheadle's like 49. You're wrong. Don Cheadle is 55. <laughs> he is older oh, he than looks Paul great. Giamatti. He does looks look great. great. Black don't great. crack, man. He looks great. Yeah, he looks great. He was in, um, I was rewatching uh, some of the Ocean movies. Great movies. Great movies. I, 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 I even don't hate 12. You know, some people really don't like 12. I, I'd say all of those movies are highly entertaining movies. Yeah. If you, Look, Don, if Don you can Cheadle deal, yeah. if you can deal with the, uh, and, and I'd say if Bernie Mac didn't die, they would have made notions 14. Absolutely. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. I mean, Don Teal's great. He kind of hits all the notes, even though sometimes you can say that he maybe only has one note, but I think he fits into almost anything nicely british like he's british him. in that movie he's got like a deep british yeah accent. <laughs> yeah it's very odd but you can fit him almost anywhere which is a good skill to have you wanker you had one job <laughs> it's like the first line he had in ocean's Eleven. let's talk about playstation yes let's and that's that's all we're going to talk about for the rest of this episode so so if you don't really. care about video games then shut it down peace see ya um let's talk about this let's talk about some video games yesterday was the PS4 event, they um, they had E3 their, online. <laughs> yeah, they, it was basically their E3 press conference. And this week would have been E3 if it wasn't for uh, the global pandemic. So, what happened was Sony had this conference. They the expectation was they were just going to show a bunch of games, and they sure as hell did that. They also showed the box, which is we will, t- which is a thing. We'll talk about it. Um, but I want to start overall. What did you think of the presentation as a whole? And I'll go game by game, but like what stood out to you overall? What did what did you think of the overall quality of the presentation? Um, it's real interesting because we're hitting a point where video games already look pretty good, right? Oh yeah. Like yeah, yeah. like we're hitting Absolutely. a point where it's not like anything in here graphically blew me away like some of these other, you know, releases have where you're just like, whoa, that's nuts. Most of the stuff's like, okay, yeah, like we're we're making small gains. Like, again, as I said on this podcast, probably, and I know I've told you personally a thousand times, the minute that ray tracing becomes available, it's going to be the only thing everyone talks about because it pretty much sure. changes the way that you do lighting in video games. Well, and that's NVIDIA I, changed the branding of their video cards. That's what RTX is. Yeah. 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 So again, I told you, I was like, dude, this is like, this is what makes making movies different from video games is the fact that you can do ray tracing instead of baking your lights into textures and those types of things. So there was nothing that blew me away. What blew me away, and again, I think they know this because their lineup of what they're going to release sort of within the first, what do you want to say, the first six months of hardware release, like the games that are coming out, and that's what's really stuck out to me is that, I mean, it's a pretty wide list of big titles where normally, right, you get that one odd title that kind of sticks out, but you've got racing games, you've got, you know, um, you know, you've got games that are being ported over. You've got a new, basically, Horizon Zero Dawn with just a different name. You've got Spider-Man yeah. game. You've got you've got Demon Soul. So you've got all this stuff that's sort of coming out to sort of bolster up the fact that, like, yeah, hardware-wise, it's going to take a while before we actually really get games that sort of blow us away to what we would consider today, right? Like, that was my general takeaway. Nothing blew me away, but there's a lot of cool-looking games coming out that got my attention. Yeah, I was thoroughly impressed i actually went in with which is rare for me i went in with like no expectations you know i always i always hope to see a ratchet and clank game so when i saw that i was like okay sold done this is great um insomniac is one of my favorite development studios if not my favorite so 
the fact that they had more Spider-Man content, which is one of my favorite games from the generation, uh, from this current generation. And it was like an Xbox launch title, Xbox One, which is weird to consider because by the end of it, Sony bought Insomniac. It's a weird uh, journey. Um, and now we got now we got a Ratchet and Clank game, which looks that was probably the best looking game of the whole conference. Um, then you have the typical sequels that you'd, that you'd want to see in the form of a new horizon game. Um, it was, it was awesome. Like I, I really, really enjoyed everything. They, uh, everything they showed. And I thought the pacing of the event was perfect. Like the fact that this thing went for over an hour and there wasn't really a dull moment was great. I'm really looking forward to death loop, which is the next game from arcane who did dishonored, like there, there is some really cool stuff in this thing. The biggest, the only thing that I was like, "Who gives a shit?" was the first thing they showed, which was GTA Five coming to PS Five. You're like, why? Why was that even in there? Why was yeah, that in that's, this presentation? That's made, but that's made Rockstar more money than anything they've ever done. Oh, of like, course. With like, with like, with like times two, three, four, five after it. <laughs> yeah, the bigger, the bigger announcement to that, less so a hype thing, is more like GTA Online is going to be free for PlayStation Plus users, and that's that's enormous because it's a game that people will spend money in after yep. the fact. They've been so, spending money on it since. Sense. I remember when you bought this game. That's how long ago, like I was living. Oh in yeah, New York. yeah, yeah. We were we were playing at, uh, in my apartment on the projector. Yeah, like dude, that, that was, was what 2013. A long time ago, that game's been out, and it's still probably their most popular thing that they still have out. Like it's more popular than Red Dead Redemption and online as well yeah. for Red Dead. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but here so, here's everything that was announced game wise. Yeah, then you could stop if there's anything you want to talk about. So GTA Five. This is in order of how they announced it. Spider Man Miles Morales. So we can talk about this one a bit, just because yeah. I think that that inter- again, I'm telling you, in, Into the Spider Verse is one of the one of the greatest movies I've watched in decades. It's great. It's great. It's it's great. And so it's obvious that you know, especially that being a Sony property, that they're you know, this is their new push to Spider Man. That sort of on their property terms, and not necessarily specifically on the Marvel train of you know the whatever his name is Tom Holland Spider Man. There's going to be two of these paths, and they're going to play a bit of this Miles Morales thing, which is just cool. So, well, did you did you play the? I have not or, played the okay. original. Again, there's a lot of good PS4 games that I haven't played. To be quite so this honest, this is a so. this is basically in that universe because Miles Morales is in that Spider Man game. Okay, cool. He's like a central character to it. So it kind of ends spoiler alert for Spider-Man, but it's pretty obvious if you've seen this trailer, which is like, he's just kind of this kid in it. And Peter Parker takes him under, under his wing and kind of gives him lessons to be (laughs) Spider-Man. So that's kind of like a a plot point in the, in the main game. Uh, So you kind of see it from him getting bit, et cetera. But so this is this is basically a standalone expansion, so to speak. This kind of went through a weird journey of what the game actually is, meaning Spider-Man Miles Morales. Is it in because some Sony exec came out and said something like this is a an expansion for the main game, which will have a remastered version on the PS5. And that confused everybody. And then they were like, no, no, it's standalone. It's kind of like Uncharted The Lost Legacy, which is like about a eight to ten hour game. So a full game in its own right, but not as big as this is not Spider-Man 2 is what it is. Right. Right. But it's going to be dope because that game is 
unbelievable. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's as far as fun games go, it's that's the best thing about an insomniac game is they make some of the most fun games you're ever going to play pure puff pure fun that's why sunset overdrive is so good yeah what was the playstation game where the dude shot like lightning out of his hands and stuff and ran around uh infamous yes is that the same who makes that game no sucker punch and they're coming out with um ghosts of tsushima in a month that comes out in july super hyped about that because i'm a big sly cooper fan and a big infamous fan but sly cooper's yeah because are those guys still making games yeah, I just said they're making Ghost of Tsushima. No, no, I'm just saying, like, are they still making those infamous games? Is what I meant to say. So, oh no, no, no! The last one that came died. out was first that uh, was like infamous 2013, right? Second Son was a PS4 launch title. Then they did a like an expansion called First Light. They were they were good. I really liked Second Second Son was fine. First Light was cool because the character was more interesting. But um, yeah, that game's due for a resurgence, but those guys, no one else has made an infamous game except for that company. So Right. Well, this and I don't think the Tsushima game looks pretty awesome. <laughs> oh my god. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am stoked about it. Okay, Absolutely. That's cool. And <laughs> good to you know. can have that's a racial you could you could have a cultural appropriation conversation about that one, but yeah, the game looks sure. good enough where no one's really gonna give a shit that some dudes in Seattle made a game about uh feudal Japan. <laughs> so it's fine. I mean it's it fine. looks great. So it looks amazing. Yeah. It looks amazing. I'm I'm more interested. Well, we'll talk about that later, but I'm more interested in playing that game than, um, than the last of us part two. Okay. Um, interesting. Just because again, that game looks like fun. Uh, thinking about playing the last of us two gives me anxiety. <laughs> well, again, I'm going to buy that game and we're going to, we're going to play it. So I will. I can, yeah. I'll I play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So next up was Gran Turismo seven. Uh, looks yeah. great, but this one, it's just not that interesting because car games look great i've been playing forza horizon 4 and then i i've been playing dirt 4 and cars have looked like cars cars look like cars yeah it's one of those things that uh for a long time has been pretty easy to make real (laughs) yeah so now we're at the point where cars still look real i think it's going to be more about well what do the environments look like do the people in the audience in the crowd still look like cardboard cutouts do they look like real people like the cars have looked phenomenal that's more since the 360 i'm going to say yeah Yeah, since the ps3 and 360 cars have looked awesome so it It looks great don't get me wrong but i don't but yeah not excited fair enough 4k this will probably be the first this will be the first 4k gran turismo game which is where it's really going to excel then ratchet and clank rift apart game of the presentation it i mean the, if you didn't play the ratchet and clank remake that they did for ps4 that game was already like pixar quality and this is just even better <laughs> hey, look and, and with games being stylized it helps right like these games allow you to add what i've noticed is like adding more complexity to a very stylized game which just makes it cool right like jumping through portals and doing all this stuff and doing it basically in real time of changing to completely different environments was just very cool so it was very well done yeah um uh, the project athia which i don't remember what that was uh i don't even see it on this oh here it is again i'm, I'm just on the oh yeah this is the person running around anywhere. it's like a square enix game running around in a uh like this kind of cloak here thing it's uh yeah looks there's a, there's a wolf with lava coming out of its mouth yeah it seems fun yeah it, looks it, cool. it reminds me of that like, like jumping around there's always there's always a game of every single launch that's sort of like that that roman game you remember that game oh rise like the, son of rome yeah where you're just like okay it looks pretty but like after you play it for like 20 minutes you're like okay i got the gist of it it feels like one of those games so it doesn't feel like it's a bad game it just feels like it's a launch game yeah fair that enough 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. Right, because you don't I'm actually, you don't actually know until it comes PlayStation out. Five, and you're just like, it's a working title for this game. It's going to be real cool. You'll play it for like this is the game that when you buy the system, you'd have all your friends come over to look at. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is that game. Okay, fair enough. But it does look cool. I, I like I, I like games that do cool stuff with traversal, and this game seems to do some cool stuff with some parkour. You know, so it looks very pretty. Looks nice. Cool. So we'll see. Then there was Stray, which uh, is like some cyberpunk thing going on. I, I'm not sure. really sure exactly what it is. The Annapurna yeah. game. Oh, is this one with the anthropomorphic people? I don't. I don't even see that one on this list. So yeah, Stray. It's um. Yeah, I'm looking at a GameStop. Yeah, a GameSpot article. Uh, then Returnal, which looked cool. That's a uh, that's done by Housemark, who's typically done a bunch. Of, they they've made their um claim to fame with um like arcade shooters they did resogun as a ps4 launch title they did super stardust um what did they also do they did outlander i think that's what that was called yeah they did all these really cool arcade style games and this is this is more of a bigger budget style thing it looked cool the name seems odd but i'm on board fine check it out um Sackboy, a big adventure so this is the Which first. Which is funny because I haven't seen anything with little, with uh, whatever it's called, little big planet. Little big for planet. A long time. Yeah. Yeah. So the guys who made little, so little big planet three was the last one, and then the guys who made little big planet before that, what they did dreams, which was announced as a PS4 launch title, like when the PS, well, it was announced with the PS4, it was never announced as a launch title, and it just came out three months ago. <laughs> so okay. yeah. Yeah, it's took, just one of those took series a little, that was like took a cool little while and, to get to that. Uh, just interesting. It's one of those series that was cool in concept because I remember when the first little big planet came out, it was all about like building levels and stuff, right? Like it was kind of like a platformer that had sort of all these different levels of depth that you could build to it. And for whatever reason, this is just like, I'm like, okay, cool. But it doesn't, it's like a sort of a spinoff game of that because this looks more like a traditional platformer. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like a it's like a 3D platformer. Yeah, and but for whatever reason, as well. it's just kind of like whatever. I'd much rather play Ratchet and Clank than this. Oh, 100. percent I'm with you. But <laughs> so, you know, there, yeah. there's always a place. I'm I'm always fair down enough. for a good platformer. I'll take yeah, it. Fair Destruction All Stars, which is like a car combat game with um, where you can somehow get out of the car and just like I guess if your car's destroyed, you're kind of like running for your life. <laughs> I got a kick out of the trailer. I don't know if it's going to be any good, but I did find it. Uh, and some of these games are probably more like let's show off the multiplayer part of this, which is sure. Fine. Yeah. Then there was Kina, and I guess this I is like actually yeah. Kina Bridge of Spirits. I guess this is like real time, like what's actually going on in this trailer. Which, if that's actual gameplay, that looks phenomenal. Yeah. If that's an engine, cool. It's cool. It's stylized. <laughs> it's it seems to have a bit of a story to it. Uh, I enjoyed watching the trailer. The trailer was entertaining. So yeah, it's very pretty. It's very cool. It does it does remind me of something out of Pixar or maybe even something that uh, like Leica would do. Yeah, in that style. But yeah, part of this does show the gameplay, and it's it's unbelievable because you're basically looking at stuff that would be ripped out of pre-rendered cutscenes. And again, the thing that you notice like is the lighting. Ago. The thing mm-hmm. that I notice is not so much the characters or the environment. It's the way that light plays with all of this stuff. The shadowing, the bounce, all of that stuff. It's super cool. And that's what that's what this gen's going to be about to me, is about actually starting to get light right. Playing around with light in real time. So Yeah. The next one, oh, the next one is the one for the for the furries. That's uh Goodbye Volcano High. <laughs> I think it's like an uh, like a adventure game. Um like more of the classical style. 
uh, visual novel adventure game. And uh, yeah, it's got a bunch of anthropomorphic people in high school, I think. <laughs> For the furries. Then uh, Oddworld was next. New Oddworld game, Soulstorm, which I think has been developing for a while now. It's been kind of rumored for a long time, but finally showed up. This, I think, is the first debut of it. Looks yeah, like more Oddworld. Right. Yeah, it's one of those series that I'm sort of like, I think I've maybe played one of these games in passing, but I don't care enough about it to ever play this game. So it's My fine. favorite Oddworld game is um, is the only one that's not like a real Oddworld game, and that's uh, Stranger's Wrath. It's so cool. It's, it's, it's like just a, to me, it's it's cool what they're doing with all these platformers. Like they're taking a, a genre that's been around obviously since like the beginning of video games and it's just being really creative with it. Every time I see a platformer, it does something different, whether it's an indie platform or a big studio platform like this. Like that's cool. Well, Oddworld is a puzzle game. It's yeah. like kind yeah, of yeah. a Lemmings, yeah. Lemmings style game. That's always been the core of Oddworld, be it um, Abe's Odyssey, Abe's Exodus, even Munch's Odyssey to an extent, though that one's got some... That's probably the weakest one of them all. Then, because that one wasn't 3D. Um, but Stranger's Wrath was just a completely different direction. It was a first-person shooter, and it was a Western. It was like a platformer first-person shooter, and you had like this crossbow with live ammunition. It was. It's really cool. It's on every platform imaginable. So if you if you're looking for a, a fun, quirky game, it actually that game might be the perfect antidote after you play the last of us part two or while you're playing last of us part two if you want something that's kind of silly and goofy uh that's a that's a great one odd world strangers wrath uh, okay so next up was ghostwire tokyo this is the next one from the guys who made um the evil within and the evil within two and this game looked awesome but visually it did not look awesome at all. I no, thought it doesn't style, look awesome. style wise it was cool. Gameplay wise it looked cool. Visually I was like why is this in why is this in a PS5 presentation? This is the game looks dope. Like if I saw this a year from now after the system was already out I'd be like okay it looks like a great game. I wouldn't have but if you're talking about a graphical showcase I mean this game could it. come out on PS4 today and I'd probably be like okay whatever. Yeah, but it still looks cool. I love the style. I like the premise. Cool. So that's I'm what I mean. Board. It's not like to me, this isn't something you put out during a PS5 launch trailer, personally. But it's fun. Yeah. 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 It's like when they showed the vampire. Did you see the, the vampire, the vampire two or vampire bloodlines two or something? That trailer no. from the Xbox Series X reveal event. Oh, it looked really rough. <laughs> it looks really yeah. rough. So it's one of those things. I'm like, you don't have to parade that out there, but you know, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Next was Jet the Far Shore. This was done by the guys who did Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery. Looks never, okay. never heard of it and never seen this That was game one of either. the first breakout fine. indie mobile games. But it's since yeah. showed up to everything as well. It's cool. Music was great. This one seems, uh, you know. This game did nothing for me. Okay. So, cool. We can move on. Uh, next one was Godfall. This is the next game from uh, Gearbox. Guys who do Borderlands. Yep. So cool. this was actually this was the first. This was for the first game actually that even announced that PS that PS5 is called PS5. Right. <laughs> so it was yeah, probably look, the first game ever cool. announced for the console. It looks fine. I don't. I don't think I'd buy it, but it looks cool. Whatever. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't really seem like my uh, my style either, but it looks all right. Next up was Solar Ash. This game looks awesome. This was uh, from the guys who did Hyper Light Drifter, which I played last year. It's uh, I own it, haven't game, played it, and I immediately saw the style and was like, "Oh yeah, it's these dudes." <laughs> so yeah, good you for can them. tell they without lane. Yeah, yeah, apparently it's in the same universe. So 
Yeah, Fair I'm enough. on board for it. It looks more fully 3D instead of uh, yeah. instead of that top down isometric viewpoint. Yeah. Then it was then it was Hitman Three. Yeah, sure. We can always do another Hitman game. I haven't played one and two, but after seeing this trailer that basically made it look like Mission Impossible, I was like, eh, maybe yeah. I should play Hitman one and two. That's just what I feel about Hitman games. I've played them, and it's awesome. just another Hitman game. It looks cool. There's cool stuff you can do in it, but you know, whatever. It's you buy when it's like in a bargain, and you're just like, cool. Have you played any of the new ones since they re since they basically rebooted it this gen? No, I haven't. No, because they're yeah, they're apparently incredible. Like they're really great. They take place in these larger open worlds, um, different cities for the first one. The first one was episodic. Then the second one was released all at once. But um, yeah, they're they're different than the previous ones. And they're uh, they look great. So I think I think it might be time. I think it might be time. Astro's Playroom, which is a follow up to a PSVR title. Uh, Astro's Rescue Bot. So I'll definitely be playing that. That looks good. Another 3D platformer. I've never seen more 3D platformers in a single presentation before. This is uh, a lot of them. Yeah, it's a yeah, lot of them. You'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. Uh, Little Devil Inside. I don't remember this one either. I'm looking at it again. Looks cool. Sure. Looks cool. It's like another fun. Yep, indie. Looks cool. Yeah, fair enough. Yep, looks like something out of uh, like that Coraline style. This looks so like gonna... something out of Leica to me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like this specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, we got the uh, NBA 2K21 teaser, which yep, was basketball game. Awesome. A lot of sweat. <laughs> a lot, of sweat. Lot, yeah, of lot of sweat. Got Zion sweating. Cool. <laughs> More so than racing games, it's sport games that I, I that I tend to look at as the benchmark to where things are in graphical prowess. Because it's like you always try to like think about it. Every time a new gen comes out and you're playing sport games, you're like, oh, it looks just like it does on TV, right? Looks just like it does on TV. And then you look back to the one you thought you looked like it did on TV and you're like, oh, that looks like shit. Yeah, because so Damn. much of it is about like the actual presentation around the sports game as yeah. well. It doesn't feel like you're watching a broadcast. Yeah. But it's also about people, right? So something like basketball as well, yeah, where it's, it's not like it makes hockey. It hard because, yeah, you, you have can just equipment. show like LeBron's face side by side and goes, does this look like LeBron when he's sweating? And it's like, no, not yet. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, okay, and then cool. This, this, I've never seen more sweat on a person in my life. <laughs> you've worked with fluid. You've worked You've worked this kind of animation. What was your opinion on the sweat? It just a lot. In, again, it was real NBA greasy. Two, he was, it was, a he was real, lot. He was real sweaty. It's, yeah. So, so I mean, but I guess that's, he's in an empty gym and Zion's dribbling the basketball. Zion Williamson who's the, you know, they're going to be apparently the next star in the NBA. And he's just real sweaty. So, yeah. It was, it was a lot of sweat. All right, next was Bug Snacks, which is the most bizarre. <laughs> Whatever. I, I couldn't care less about this game. So <laughs> do you, do you know what Oct- do you know what Octodad was? No. Yeah, that was their previous project. It was uh, and probably what this company's known for. Yeah, it, you basically played as this guy who was like an octopus and he was and the whole purpose of the game was like trying to do normal human activities while being disguised as a person. Yeah, it was a uh, PS3 launch title, I believe. PS3 or PS4. It was called like Octodad, the deadliest catch. It was a pun on. Yeah, deadliest catch. Yeah, it was a PS4 launch title. Looking at these games, just let me know that anyone can be a video game developer, which is great. Like from a design standpoint. But I know it's not true. But I'm saying from a design standpoint. To make that work. Yes. Like it's again, but like just you don't have to be a super genius in art to make you know you don't have to make death stranding or 
you know, you don't have oh, to Oh, you make mean like in technical prowess. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I mean. In technical yeah, yeah, prowess. Fair enough, like gotcha. what makes a good game has got nothing to do with whether or not you can technically make a leaf look like a leaf. And so if you're a game designer, this should give you hope that, you know, it's not so much about just making it look pretty. It's about making a game that people like to play. And so people might love playing this game. So, yeah. And then uh, then came Demon Souls, which is a yep, sure. remake of the of the game of the same name. Did you ever play this? I did. On PS3? Yep. How far did you get? Not very far. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. I played for about an hour and a half. And I was like, this looks cool. And then I opened up a door. There was a there was like a dragon or something behind it shot a fireball at me i died sent me back to the beginning i'm like mm, okay this is not for me now i played the very first game the the original um what was the original called this was it no the, the, so the very very original yeah, yeah okay yeah so i played this and then i also because played it was the demon next... souls then they did dark yeah. souls so i played i've played both of those i played dark souls and demon souls and demon souls is just great because it was a new type of game dark souls i played about 10 minutes of it. i go i'm not doing this again I said, a, game, so a game should be fun a game should be fun i played demon soul for a little longer dark soul i was like i'm not doing this again i played demon souls for maybe a couple of hours and was like okay yeah that's fun and then i like i normally do i just forgot to play it again and then i picked up dark souls remembering all those good times i had with demon souls for about 10 minutes and i was like i don't know why i bought this yeah so that's my feeling on that entire series all right game should be enough. fun it shouldn't necessarily just be hard for the sake of being hard kick your teeth in because you didn't know there was a <laughs> you didn't know you needed a shield that was going to block a fireball anyway um and like oh you're just you just got to get good it's like uh fuck you uh death loop was next talked about this one i love this trailer i watched it again yeah, it today cool. yeah it looks cool the style the gameplay the music oh god this is gonna be good and if you haven't played dishonored i highly recommend both of those i have played dishonored yeah uh, Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil 8, if you're keeping count. Um, sure. Resident great, Evil game. Zombies. Great, great looking trailer. <laughs> Follow up to Resident Evil 7. Yep. So, cool. Cool. Yep. Um, there's rumors that they're remaking Resident Evil 4 as well. Because they've done 2, then 3, and then 4. So they're going to. So if this is coming out next year. Then you could potentially expect 2022 to have a remake of Resident Evil 4. Which I'd be more interested in than this, but this looked cool. It was a good looking trailer. Um, Pragmata. This is a weird ass looking game, but I like the creativity. I like how you wild it looks. You know what I liked about this game the most? Pragmata. How awful, the, how awful the little girl's hair looked in this trailer. Oh, uh, okay. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, um, but whatever. I don't really remember. It was yeah. I don't it's like an astronaut. I just remember there's a satellite and an astronaut and a little girl that like could yeah, like was like some weird stuff. wires. This wiry. Yeah. It's just it's one of those games that's just a little too trippy for me. And it's like whatever. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm I'm rewatching this thing now. I'm just looking at her hair. Yeah, it's just a little too much. He's oh, like yeah, he's an astronaut, but he's flying around. Weird. Yeah, it's just odd. The physics little girl's hair strange. doesn't look very good. So yeah, Hair's yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Well, you know what? You you reach out to them. You say, look, I can help. You want me to help? Yeah, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of inner penetrations with the hair. It just doesn't look very good. And you actually see some of the textures and stuff like glitching. It's just it was odd. It was one of those things that looked like somebody time. had to rush. Yeah, it just looks odd. What do you think of the cat? How does the cat look? Whatever. It looks fine. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I, don't, I actually don't remember the cat. So yeah. Cat's there, it's holograms, glitch it out. Okay, cool. Next was Horizon Forbidden West. I can't believe it took you this long. You went through all these damn games not talk about the game that you knew I wanted to talk about, which was this one. I was going in order. I feel like you did it on purpose. I didn't. I mean, then Sony did it on purpose because that's I'm hurt this because is, this is their order. This game, the Horizon Zero Dawn, is the ga- is the only game I've ever bought an art book for. 
because I thought the art style of it was so cool. And I feel similar about this. Now, again, we've seen this before, but there's just some really creative stuff happening in this game and in this series, quite frankly. And it's awesome. And I will buy this game. This game will probably get me to buy a PS5. This is the one. This is it. See, here's the thing. like that The original one looks so good that when they showed this off in the trailer, I was like, yeah, it looks great. But it didn't wow me in any of its visuals or styles. It, it was more about the art style that was coming through it. Like I love that contrast of these robot animals against this kind of natural world. Like that's the coolest part about this. But again, just even the way that they play with color, the way that they play with the environment, <laughs> right? Like the environment of yeah. this game of the original one is so awesome. And it, I feel it's very similar about this one. And look, Gorilla makes good games. Like the Kill Zone games for me, I'm probably out of the two of us. Again, I I think I've played every single Kill Zone game. I've played them all. Um, yeah, just because I just love the way that they handle environments. Like that's their for me, that's the strength of their company is just the way that they handle environments and worlds. Like their another, character design too. I mean, the Helgen are cool. such a cool enemy. Yeah, they're cool, but I just I still just look at the environments look like massive, awesome paintings. Just very cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm all about this game. I'm in it. This will be, probably be the game. I I believe that Killzone will, what was was what made me buy a PS3. I believe. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Like, I'll, for whatever reason, their games tend to speak to me as looking at cool environments and stuff. So I'll probably end up buying a PS5 for this game. Lance Reddick has got to be in more video games than any other known actor. Yeah. Lance Reddick is like the. Digimon Hansu of video game actors. Like he just shows up in everything. Yeah, and he just, was in the oh, wire. Oh, you're in this. Because that's how I cool. that's how I know him is that he was the police chief in the wire. So Lance Reddick. <laughs> yeah. It's a good actor. Really good Great actor. Great name. <laughs> He's always fun. Yeah, it's a really dope name. And yeah. again, it's like a digital elephant robot. Like, how cool is that? This game is this, yeah, this series. Got, is yeah, there's just, alligators. They got they got like, robot alligators. Like I'm happy with them not making Killzone games to make this. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm cool with that too. Um, so although it'll be interesting. Again, I really I'd, enjoyed the Killzone games. I really enjoyed. I'd them. like to see. I think they have another team working on something. Nobody really knows what it is, so it might be another Killzone. But I don't think Killzone ever really found the commercial success that they wanted. No, I don't think it did either. Like Shadowfall again, probably did well just because it was a launch title, but yeah. And again, they normally these these games all came up against like Modern Warfare, and you know Titanfall took a bit of this as well, right? Like that type of modern, you know, there's a bunch of sort of you know modern technology, new world technology stuff where the Modern Warfare games tend to take all the money of this genre for like Killzone games. So I just think Killzone was sort of like the oh it looks cool but it's not fun to play. I'd much rather play Call of Duty. Like it was one of those things. So yeah. Come here. Yeah. Um all right and then the last bit, the big reveal. Nobody knew if this is actually going to happen or not, but they did. They showed the actual box itself. So what do you think? of this it's real this, funny because people always it's huge always, too by the way it's it's giant and again yeah. this is what this is what i resent because i honestly feel that they make these consoles huge just so they can release a slim version in a year i think uh, that's always happened right is, i think this is a cooling issue uh, okay fair enough but then they sort yeah. of fix it and then they're like we've got a slim version well, yeah because things get like, better like the processors get more efficient so they could shrink the processor they could run more cool efficient they get they get more piping you know they the the cost of keeping things cool goes down while the processing power just needs to stay either the same or get a little bit better like they do with a pro version but the like the PlayStation Pro is bigger than the 
PlayStation 4. The PlayStation 4 Pro yeah. is bigger than the original. The only anomaly is the xbox series x the xbox one x which is smaller than all the xbox ones before it while being the most powerful so it's just real funny as we're moving i'm not getting conspiratorial about it yeah as we're moving towards like mobile and things being able to fit in your hand video game consoles just seem to not (laughs) like again and i know it's because all the things you just named but it's just real funny because you think about like putting this in an entertainment system and you're just like where am i gonna put this like that's the first thought i had i was like where the hell am i gonna put this on the like, side it's huge and like it's sta- stand it's not, up like the like the video game obelisk that it is yeah and it's not it's not aesthetic enough to want to stand up somewhere where you someone could be like oh well what's this interesting art piece that you have on your counter oh it's a playstation 5 you look at it and you go well that's a playstation 5 so it's just <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know like it's always with this again that's the problem with i always hate buying the launch stuff because then like in a year they come up with a slim version and you're like well I, that's the version i want but I'm not going to pay for another one. So yeah, it's fine. It looks a bit like it belongs in Wally, but it's all right. Looks like a, an elaborate futuristic taco. I, yeah. I, I, it's it's bizarre. I like how bold it is. Like I like how different it is, and how they just Sony's just leaning into this thing, and they're going with this aesthetic that is inherently the the stereotypical futuristic, right? Yes. Like you look at the Xbox Series X and it's a box. Like no one's really gonna, no one's gonna pay it any mind. It's it's literally a, it's it's just a black sided box. That's it. It's smaller. It's more compact. Sure, it's got that green glow at the top. Like I like the design of that, but I I don't know if I like the design of this, but I respect it. It's you fine. know, like I saw it, it, it I was like, it's have... weird. Yeah. I like the I like the uh, the symmetry of the digital version versus the the one with the disc. The one with the disc just looks even stranger. Like it, yeah. And again, I think I kind of don't. It sucks that the one with the disc has sort of has like this thing that kind of juts out the side of it because that's what it looks like. It looks like it just sort of like it's a big it does. aesthetically, it does. you know, it, like a like a you know feminine curve around this thing to make the disc, and you're just like, all right, fine. <laughs> you said it's whatever. got hips. It, well it's just got one hip right like it's just got one hip that sort of sticks out on the left side so it's just yeah. yeah it gets real funny though because as much as i as much crap as i talked about the switch it makes me realize how much of a like an engineering marvel that thing is yeah so yeah again i'm just like yeah that thing fits nicely you know it's got a little dock you can remove it and take it away where this thing is just going to be anchored to wherever you put it for the next five years yeah i don't think anybody is going to make or break their decision on this box but it it it's something that will turn heads in an entertainment system where people will ask what is that whereas before something else you'd be clearly oh yeah that's a video game console whereas this is like is it a router is it a console is it a dvr box like what is yeah, that's that a good point. Thing. I can totally see that being like so, a DVR box or like a router. Yeah, because because again, it's got like the little flanges that look like they just sort of splay out at the top. It looks like a yeah. the evil villain's building. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very unique. So I I do like how Sony is really trying to carve out a very unique identity to this thing, where Xbox is like it's more Xbox. It's a box. Sony is basically saying, <laughs> you keep making well, Xbox is also base- saying that nothing they're releasing is exclusive to the Series X. But everything they're releasing, I, I like it's all about the services and the through lines. Yes. Sony is more like new generation. Like they basically said as much. They were like, new gener- we believe in generational transitions. So that means PS4 ends, 
PlayStation Five starts. Whereas with Xbox, again, it's I like it's all Xbox. But I guess that's always that's always been part of that's always been the difference between Microsoft and Sony with where they sit in the video game space, right? Like I feel like this is sort like, of it's too it's new. Always it's too new to really say that because even backwards compatibility, like Sony was the company for backwards compatibility up to right. PS3. It wasn't until they did the second version of the PS3 where they were like, backwards compatibility is gone, and it never came back. Right. Uh, and meanwhile, Xbox, when Xbox 360 came out, it ran some Xbox games, but not all of them. And then when Xbox One came out, it ran nothing, but then they added backwards compatibility for a ton of 360 games and a bunch of Xbox games. And they even improved the quality of those games through their software, whatever they were doing, like adding HDR, adding 4K, or well, definitely adding 4K to these older titles, making them play even better than they did on their original hardware, which is awesome. Sony's been kind of cagey about backwards compatibility. And by stepping out of the gate with an all digital console, it's like, well, yeah, now it's even more questionable because you can't put discs in it that you already own so you have to rebuy those if you want to go back to it and they never actually said it's going to be fully backwards compatibility with playstation 4 which would be insane if it's not but you know we'll we'll see because most people are probably going to move forward anyway i don't know who's using backwards compatibility whereas xbox they're they're championing this thing called smart delivery if you buy a game that's on xbox one and you get an Xbox Series X and that game's on that as well, you will automatically get the Xbox Series X update for that game for free. Sony said nothing of that sort because Xbox is pushing their services. That's what they say. That's why, because Microsoft as a company is pushing their services with all of their cloud stuff. And this is just across all of the things that they build, whether it's video games or machine learning, right? Like they're just pushing everyone towards their services, where Sony is still sort of trying to sell consoles and games, where I think this is just another box to them, right? Like Xbox is like, well, if this gets you to get into our services and here, here's a box for you. If you don't want to have a PC, here's a box. Like that's basically what they're doing. Yeah, and if you want a PC, cool, stay on your yeah, PC. Exactly. Then get, buy a PC. Get Game Pass. Yeah. Game Pass is uh, on PC now as well. Yeah, because I would say that I wouldn't be surprised if the next Xbox is called, almost like Stadia at that point, where it's literally just like you're going to stream games, and it doesn't well, matter what console or thing you own. You're just there's a rumor that they're going to have a cheaper box as well to for the like yeah. Xbox Series X is one thing, and then they'll have Series S or maybe even a Series A, which is just streaming. And it's, it's funny, it's I'd argue that at this point, PlayStation 5 is competing more with Nintendo than Xbox. Mm, no, I'd say that Nintendo's still in its own track because it's not even close. You to don't the, think with like the fact that PlayStation has had so many great exclusives over this last generation that... Again, like PlayStation, I mean, I look at all the exclusive of the God of War series, the Spider-Man series, the Horizon, new, like all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, like, I just feel like they're more on the track of, hey, we're going to get exclusive contracts to people to make games on our systems. Very similar to the way Nintendo is, where Xbox, again, they're looking at services. Microsoft is a service company. The difference is Nintendo is their own exclusive hit factory right? Sony is as well to an extent, but the lanes they carve are so different because Nintendo is more that family, everybody thing. Like you're not releasing something. The game they have that's most core is probably Metroid and Zelda. 
but otherwise they're not making a game like the last of us they're not making a horizon they're not doing any of that stuff and on the hardware front they're not coming close to playing in the same territory that sony and microsoft or even hell i'll even throw stadia in the mix because they're all playing into the 4k hdr big hardware go go big go bold best visuals nintendo has no interest in doing that and they never did they're more around all right let's think about unique ways to play and ways to uh, disrupt and now they're playing more in a handheld space than anything else because that's their well, that and more order. indie space so, as well because that's where handheld that, games are yeah yeah because people are going to find because that's where people would probably rather play those games you don't need right. the hd graphical prowess yeah. to you don't play need to hog the tv to you know, play you whatever whatever indie game you can think of to play yeah. cuphead even though it's a beautiful game right. you can play that on a on a console or sorry on a handheld just as fine as you can on a 50 inch 70 inch tv right exactly i'll play that game on a train i don't need to have that full immersion like i do in um you know when i'm playing last of us where i just need to fully zone in on that game and experience it you know like i could play that game while listening to a podcast on a train that's the difference but whereas microsoft is actually buying studios they are building a portfolio they need to come strong because sony is doing a lot their 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 first party is effort is arguably the best in the business right now and in a way i i could even say that there's they've surpassed nintendo at this point in first party quality but microsoft's gearing up a new halo they're they bought a bunch of companies that are going to be producing content like the guys who like the next hellblade is going to be an xbox exclusive um the next game from uh ninja theory is going to be an xbox exclusive uh obsidian the guys who made um the outer worlds that's going to be and they they're now owned by microsoft they're going to be a uh an xbox exclusive they're, so they're going to have their own version of whatever fallout is you know like there is a ton of stuff in the works. Don't forget, Microsoft also owns Minecraft, which is literally everywhere. <laughs> and yeah, which the, is really and the, and the highest selling game of, of game. all time. Yeah, it's just really interesting to me the staying power of that game. But yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so Microsoft definitely is a is a, more of a service company, and they're leaning into that. Like I, 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 I have no doubt. I'm going to buy a PS5. I'm going to buy an Xbox One. When I think about what am I going to use each of them for? Xbox One, I will continue to have Game Pass. I'll continue to play all the Xbox exclusives. PS5, I'll continue to play all the PS5 exclusives. Um, but in the most part, I'll probably default to Xbox and Game Pass games because the deal is too great to pass up. And unless there's any talk of the town, amazing game you have to get, at which point I'll get it on whichever platform runs it better, which is TBD at this point. It'll probably be a case-by-case basis. And if it's and if it's something that I'm like I could wait for, I'll wait for it to come to Game Pass because most things do. Yeah, and again, I guess for me, I've just never I for a long time I first owned an Xbox, and then it's I buy Playstations for the exclusives. I think their exclusive games are more of what I want in a video game. Either I want strategy and something that I don't really care about how it looks, or I strictly want to just look at something cool. Um, so yeah, I'm just a different gamer uh, where I'm, either it's strategy and it's fun or just show me pretty pixels for hours and i'm perfectly happy watching the intro to god of war 3 which to me still looks great even though it's very obviously dated but just looking at that like i was like yeah I, like that's nuts i can just watch this on loop and so yeah i tend to be more drawn toward obviously the horizon zero dawns those types of games because it just allows me to run around looking at cool stuff yeah um i i think that 
I'll be really interested to see how Microsoft responds to this because the last thing they did with their kind of showcase of Series X games was kind of underwhelming. And it'll be really interesting to see how they look at this and like, oh shit, that's how you do an event. Like if I if this was going on, it wasn't a pandemic, right? This could have came out, it still would have been perfect. It still would have been high high quality. Like I think it would have been worse if they did this thing on a stage versus doing it the way they did it. It could not have been any better than what they did. Microsoft released their event. It was a bunch of dudes on their webcams in their in their home offices, like talking to various degrees of quality. And you're like, Jesus Christ, this is so bad. And the game selection was fine, but nothing like this. And they really need to have a full-on blowout to uh to really step up the competition. Otherwise, it's going to be last gen all over again, and they're going to be toast from the jump. And they'll do well; they'll do fine. But Sony's just going to eat their lunch when it comes to uh, overall sales and performance and mindshare. So we'll see how it goes. I, I think that they'll they'll step their game up, and they'll they have a few tricks up their sleeve. And I have high hopes for what Halo Infinite's going to be. But they're going to need more than that if they if they need a if they plan to uh, compete. So. Yep. I we'll agree. See. So, exciting, yeah. I, I always like a good console launch. I, I, love, I always is, like the launches. That's fun. what me. Like when you're sort of, again, the games and stuff are cool, but seeing the launches and new tech is always sort of the fun part of this stuff. Um, yeah. Look, video games as an industry to me is the future of content because there's just, it's, you know, there's more people. It's very obvious that there's more people playing all different types of, like the diversity of this lineup is really impressive. Where, like I said before, you used to get like two or three games as a launch thing, and you're like, well, I'm going to buy one of them because it looks cool, but the game kind of sucks. But like they immediately come out of the jump with all different types of games for different types of people, which is just cool. So Yeah, cool. Well, next week, we should record on my Saturday so that I can get some uh, Last of Us Part Two playtime in because that comes out on Friday. Uh, so I'll be able to play the first couple hours and hopefully you'll be downloading it and you can play it a little bit as well. Yep. I will. And we'll talk about that. Like I said, I'm a little bit anxious to play it because it just looks like super intense, super violent. And it's just a weird game to play at a time like this, but <laughs> whatever, man, I'll, I'll do it. I'll play it. Cause I, I really like the first one. I just hope I, I like I like to have fun while playing my games. I like to have an experience, but this is like a they said like a twenty five hour game, I think. So this is twenty five hours of like misery. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, <laughs> all right, I don't know, but we'll we'll give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. So yeah. Cool. We'll see. So we'll we'll follow up with that again next week. Um and if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Yeah, geez, uh, I'm getting I, tired. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh but what I what you should do is look at your phone go to your text messages the last person you texted completely unprompted just shoot them a message that said he's a broad podcast subscribe on any podcast service just send them the link to the website which is he's abroad.com yeah, but you could just say he's a broad podcast and then, you know, subscribe, whatever. Yeah, send him a link. You know, if you if you have a if you have an app like uh, Pocket Casts uh, where you're listening to this on, if you go to the you, you hit the share button, that'll send them a link. It'll open the podcast service of their choice. That's the way to just do wait it. for that Spotify exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know anybody at Spotify, also be sure to 
also text that person at the top of your uh, messages, but you know, also text that person who works at Spotify and tell them we are available for any price and any favor. Just just name it. We'll we'll make it happen. All right, that's it. Till next time. That's it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>